Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, back. welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Jeffrey P. What's up, dude? Not much, man. I hear you're uh, traveling the country. You are everywhere. You're like, I'm where's Waldo? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in Washington, D.C. right now on a, uh, a layover. Let me ask and, you a question. Uh, I'm going to ask you really serious. And you have to, an- you promise you're going to answer serious, right? That was the most New Jersey thing ever. Did you say Axe? Yeah. um so when you're walking through the terminal is there it doesn't matter if it's a big portion or a little portion a little portion but is there a little bit of you that hopes that somebody recognizes you for fcs absolutely not because (laughs) you're so full of it you're like you're probably like i wonder i mean it's possible one person can come up to me and be like are you mark pollard from fly cool shit You know what's so funny? I was I was in Seattle yesterday and I'm like sitting down in between flights and I'm talking to Britt Lincoln on the phone and I say something about nationals and this guy looks over at me and he keeps looking and I was like, oh shit, I wonder if this guy knows like, like I wonder if he like flies aerobatics. He obviously picked up on something I said and it wasn't anything other than like it was aviation, you know, it's totally aviation related. And it was like, oh God, is this going to be where the mo- the moment somebody's like, hey, is that that guy? Definitely don't want that to happen. <laughs> Were you worried about like how you're going to sign your autograph and everything? Like, should I do a big M, little M, lowercase, uppercase? Oh I don't know. Should I just scribble? Is that don't what you're thinking? Don't even bother asking for an autograph because uh, I, I write <laughs> I write like a pilot. <laughs> oh my God. You're probably like, do I have any stickers with me? I got to give him something. I got to have some promos. Don't forget lift. Don't forget the promo code, Mark. Don't forget the promo code. Fly cool shit. I just 25. hand out Tootsie Rolls. I'm like, here you go, kid. <laughs> like, I'm 40, bro. I don't want, what, what are you handing me Tootsie Roll for? Who doesn't want a Tootsie Roll? I know. I need it. I'll tell you I who doesn't want the, a Tootsie Roll is the uh, Nationals jury. That's who definitely doesn't want Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I'm excited to get into today's podcast, this week's podcast, dude. Yeah. Um, we have the ISC Chapter 36 Vice President, Mr. Vice Prez, Brian Jones. What hey. I? You, but hey, you already you, you fucked up my title. I'm the president now. I got promoted. <laughs> well, you are the president. That's yeah. the, that's that's what's so weird, dude. So okay, first of all, update your website. It sucks. Uh, oh, I, you know, I was just going on with the IAC about this for like the last two days, and they're like, check it tomorrow. They've like because updated I, it and they're like, eh, check it tomorrow. Jeff and I were on the phone. He's like, he's like, yeah, like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, well, he's chapter president. And then I went to go look at it. I was like, I thought he was chapter president. I guess he's not. Yeah. I guess um, he's not. I, I like to leave the former president's contact information up there. Kevin Elizondo, great guy, because that way all the complaints like go to him. You That's know, fair. Like, I'm, I'm pres- just in the clear. Yeah. That's very presidential That's of you. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, I delegate. That's my my like apologies, Mr. President. I delegate President of chapter thirty two. That's what I'm here for. That's what that's what is exactly it. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> so also I have a, like a bone to pick with you two. You you put me on oh, the I podcast at like the worst possible slot. So, so you've had like 
Rob, Mike, Jim, all these, all these like luminaries of the sport. And then on last week, last episode, you were like, I don't know, man, maybe next week we'll get Rob on here. He can talk about nationals. And now people tune in and it's, you know, me, this like no name guy. Not only that, but I'm following Lee who I don't know what that guy does for a living, but if it's not reading erotica audiobooks for amazon.com, <laughs> he's leaving money on the table. Agreed. Like, I have saved I that episode. More. And I put it on like half speed and just fall asleep to it. The dulcet tones of his Australian voice. He should yeah. be on the calm app. Like you should be able to like listen to him before you go to sleep on the calm app. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a med. He's like his own meditation app. Yeah. The best part of the best part about that episode was, and I don't remember a lot of other things we spoke about, but I just got this visual of when he was talking about going to Southeast Arrow and making out with Doug Veda for a canopy. Fuck <laughs> 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 her up, Doug. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, you get the voice and the accent. Ugh. I mean, Mark, I, I'll Agreed. be honest. If I don't know, that's a tough one. Make out what, with Doug Vader. I think I would. Well, I don't okay, know. Like, hold on. That's a tough one. It's like 18 how, grand. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. long is it? How, how long's the make out? And that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's like a five second thing, you know, I might even do it for a two place and a single place canopy. Is it I, open mouth, no tongue? Is it open mouth and tongue? Is it a wedding? Is it church Frenching? Is it wedding I, Frenching? I think it's. I think like, it's wedding. So I think it's wedding. I, I would say a wedding kiss. Like we now pronounce you canopy and owner. I, I hate to disappoint you guys, but I think for eighteen grand, you get like the night. You get like twelve hours. Oh, oh my! No, hold on. Hold I on. mean, have you guys been to Vegas? Because 18 grand, <laughs> you know. Listen, you throw in an NG ride and I'm there. <laughs> you, you, you actually do bring up a good point because if somebody was to pay 18 grand for um, making out or anything sexual, you're right. 18 grand doesn't, I mean, you, you got to do a lot for 18 grand. Yep. Yeah, but you don't, technically, sometimes you don't need a canopy. You can just go down to Ace, get some some fucking like nylon stitch and just stitch the fucker up just like that person it's, did at nationals. That's a good point. <laughs> if we've learned anything, it's that you can get a three foot can uh, crack in your canopy and just, just zip uh, that bad boy up. You know, Nigel Hopkins really should take a lesson from that book. I mean, his wing fell off, but just fucking stitch the fucker up. What's <laughs> uh, I kind of uh, like, like I would like to know, what the thought process there, because obviously it's like this giant 18 inch repair, right? And it is an approved repair. Like, you know, the, the advisory circular for mechanics says, Hey, this is how you fix a crack in a canopy, but they say it's a temporary repair. Like you then take your canopy somewhere to get repaired. And I wonder if he was like sitting around being like, man, I wonder if they're going to notice this at the tech inspection. Well, yeah, guess I who was, guess who the tech in inspector was? Who? Doug Veda. <laughs> guess who you order a canopy from doug veda uh, i don't know that's like a conflict of interest i think i might have protested that yeah. well <laughs> guess guess who had bought a canopy months before and didn't install it oh the same guy yes all right well then now yeah no there's no question. at least that is what i was told so yeah. don't shoot the messenger well you can shoot the messenger but don't shoot me i'm just relaying the messenger's message but um apparently that's where it was like hey you know what this this past tech at a at a regional contest once you ordered the canopy you had the canopy you didn't install the canopy uh no 
Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. just I'm just thinking, you know, those like stickers that you could buy for people and it looks like a bullet hole. Like imagine if somebody made a sticker you could put on your canopy. <laughs> that's the exact image of that. Just to fuck with somebody. <laughs> just put it. That would be so funny. You get like a sticker of a crack and just put it on somebody's canopy uh, and let them like I'm just absolutely doing that. And, Dude, and be like, I hear Doug's accepting makeout sessions. <laughs> uh, Instead of GoFundMe, it's Go Doug Me. Go Doug Me. Oh my God. That's funny. I love <laughs> poor, it. I love poor it. Doug's going to be getting phone calls. Hey, I hear you're making out with people for canopies. What? <laughs> huh? Also, I, I, it, this just occurred to me, but like this goes out to a wide audience. So I'd like to address the public for a second. If you happen to be on the West Coast and you stole our mascot, like our little team. So we all fly the Great Lakes out here, which is um, somewhat between a, a decathlon and a Segway uh, in terms of speed and performance. Um, and we had we had like a team mascot that we all signed, you know, when we went to contests. And it was one of those little plastic kids, you know, that they put outside school crosswalks, the little like green with the plastic green with the man. Flag. Yeah, that holds a flag. And yeah. our team name was Slow Kids. The Slow Kids. Slow Kids at Play. And uh, no comma. And, uh, you know, somebody. <laughs> and I, I think it was Evil Empire. I think it was 38. But I have no proof. They stole our oh. fucking mascot. Well, you hear that, Brit? Brits? I'm worried about Brit. A little worried about Brit. Because I think she, I think she's on an airline right now to... Uh, uh, Minneapolis, and uh, I hear she has a uh, a bat in her hand. <laughs> She's kind of owned the pick. <laughs> How did she get that through TSA pre-check? I don't. That's know. what I want to know. I don't know. She disguises as lipstick, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I love my... you, Britt. We love Britt. Um. Yeah. So I, you know, speaking of Britt, well, if the Evil Empire did in fact steal their mascot, your mascot. If that could just be conveniently returned at yeah, Borrego. Yeah, right. We um, have a backup kid, but that one's not signed by everybody. So now we have a, just this dumb green kid that doesn't have any signatures on it. Do I would you s- feel like this is chapter, regional chapter or West Coast shenanigans, or do you feel like somebody really jacked this thing to keep it? No, I feel like it's shenanigans, but I feel like turnabout's fair play. So I might just steal Brit's MX and I, uh, call it call it even. Yeah, steal, steal a parachute. Anything. They're both they're both made out of the same quality uh, plastic, so that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's great. Oh my god. Where so where exactly is chapter thirty six? So we are officially the San Diego Hammerheads. So we're based out of San Diego, and our like home airport is Borrego, which is literally like a stone's throw south of Palm Springs. It's like right over the mountain south of Palm Springs. Um, and it is a phenomenal place as long as you're not there in the summer, like from late May <laughs> through late September, it's just the surface of the sun, but otherwise it's, it's a really great place. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you live in that area or do you live like in the Palm Springs area? No. So I live down in San Diego, like That's literally okay. 10 minutes from San Diego downtown, but Borrego by airplane is like a 20 minute flight. So it works out yeah. pretty easily. I love how That's Brian not- doesn't say Bay Bay area. That's for like the first 10 episodes, Mark would be like, oh, I live in the Bay Area. Like, fuck off, you pretentious asshole. I'm going back if to the I, Bay if Area. If I told you where I live, this is the, this is the problem. If, if, you're, if you're like, hey, where do you live? And I say where I live, you're going to be like, well, where is that? I don't care where you live, but I don't, you could just say it and maybe some listeners might know it. But 
I don't know. That's like me being like, I live on a North Shore, Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> Going whale watching later. Whale watching later with your boat shoes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to go pop my collar somewhere. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um. So how big is your club? How many members you guys got? Oh, you know what? You should really ask the president that. Uh, his contact information is on the IAC <laughs> website. Yeah. I was going to say, we should give out, should right give out Kevin's email. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, I think we have like 70 Roughly. or so, you know, wow. if I had to guess. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are like super long time IAC guys. You know, they're, they've been around for decades and. Uh, they just have this like well of expertise and anytime you're like, Hey, I'm thinking about trying this thing. You can go to them and they'll be like, yeah, we tried that back in the seventies and eight people died uh, and it cost us $300,000. Maybe don't do that thing. And then, you know, sure. like, Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll send it to the president. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. But you guys have, I mean, you have 52 weeks of flying weather technically none. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Um, oh, you know, God. Not if you count the hot goes super hot in yeah. the summer, but around San Diego itself and like uh, the beaches down here and stuff, just off the area. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mission Bay. That, that is not, that area. That's uh, exactly why I say Bay Area is he lives on the opposite <laughs> end of the state than I do. <laughs> he is not in the Bay Area. <laughs> uh, no, it's, oh, it's great. Like we don't, we don't freeze in the winter and in the summer, you know, as long as we're not in Borrego itself, we can practice here. And, uh, it's just perfect VFR weather, like 360 out of 365 days a year. So would you agree then? I mean, I, I agree with Mark. Would you agree with him not going to a competition when you guys have it? What is it in July or something like that? And it's like a hundred degrees. I think AJ yeah, was I telling mean, me about I, I got about 20 minutes more on this podcast and then I got to get out of here. It's too hot. It's like the middle of summer. I, I, just, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Well, <laughs> I forgot you guys are on West Coast time. Well, Mark's in DC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm still on West Coast time. Yeah. Mark's doing a protest rally right now. We were talking about that before. He's marching for BLM or something. This is the only time I get to stay up to midnight. <laughs> when I go to the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. But so Borrego, when is that contest? So I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't, I've heard about, I'm not, I've seen what's going on with the West Coast contest. And I remember AJ went to, I was talking to AJ a little bit and he went to one and he was like, it's 105 degrees right now. Like I want to yeah. die. So that was our, uh, that was our last spring contest. And what we did there is we pushed it like to the very end of April to uh, try to get around COVID stuff. Cause San Diego was still being all stupid with COVID. And when we were planning the contest in January, you know, we said, well, let's give it the absolute maximum amount of time we can for COVID to like go away. So we pushed it to the end of April. It's usually like earlier April, which actually made a difference, right? Because that's the time of year where Borrego starts heating up. And because of that change, it doesn't seem like two weeks would make a difference, but that change uh, really pushed the temperature up. Damn. Usually yeah. the spring and fall contests, like we get, you know, low 80s, uh, which is like a dry desert heat. So it's it's really that's okay pretty tolerable yeah yeah and so like the the contest weekends three days usually right so yep. figure you know 30 man hours there how many man how many how many hours as a contest director do you think you put in you know leading up to this contest from the end of the previous contest up until that one how many hours would you say 
the CDs oh. got to do thousands. Holy God, like hundreds. You know, Jeez there's like Louise. there's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes, and a lot of it is just like cutting through red tape, especially in the pandemic, you know, era because we we had a thing where San Diego didn't, you know, they weren't allowing outdoor events. And we were like, all right, well, he, he, we fit into this category, you know, that you set up for all these types of events that can be held. And they were like, cool, you got to get that approved. And we were like, awesome, by who? And they were like, we don't know. <laughs> like, they didn't know. Start. That's one a great hand start. of the government didn't know which one was approving COVID stuff. So it was just a lot of work to, uh, and credit to Jim Burke, because he got involved, right, as the president and, and lend some, um, official, you know, influence to this, but, uh, he got involved and, and we worked that out in 2020. Um, and then, you know, th so a lot of it is just dealing with governments and, and things like that, getting permits lined up and you got to get like t-shirts and trophies and, uh, FAA waivers. And, you know, you got to promote the thing and you got to send 17 emails, uh, to each competitor to get them to actually come to the website and register and that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah. And is that well, the contest? You, you that's kind of cool. Uh, there is a pool at the resort. I want to go to it. Mark, we should go. See? It's, it's, it's lovely. Hot. There's a spa. <sighs> no, it actually look, does look like a fun event. And you, if you pay the spa $18,000. It's, it's pretty good. They, they, you know, they do a full job. That's yeah, just a drop in the bucket for FCS salaries. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's like, <laughs> I don't even know what we make hour, hourly anymore. You know? Yeah, I can't keep track. I just well, the deposit goes in, it keeps growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you? So you CD both both Borrego contests, right? Yes. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, this will be my third <clears throat> my third one uh, in Borrego. Yeah. Do you? Um, how much harder is it to CD two? Is, is there a lot of overlap in these events? Can you like when you apply for waivers? Can you apply for two? at once because it's the same airport you're going to be cd for both yeah so you can't do it together but um you know you got to do each one individually and uh you can't do them together but you do tend to build relationships right so you know who to contact at the county and who to contact at the fisdo and you know once you kind of build that rapport you're like hey we're doing that aerobatic contest again you know that thing we have done a million times and you don't know all about so it, it gets a little easier it's like riding downhill after a while um, when you're first new to the job, right. When I took over the CD role, um, from the last guy who did it, I, you know, there are none of those relationships. So you're really kind of casting around in the dark and relying on kind of knowledge that other people are giving you, you know, saying, Hey, why don't you email John there and ask about the permit, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's pretty good. And we do a, we try to do a good job as like a chapter of, of sort of training new people along, right? So I take somebody under my wing and, and they kind of watch what I'm doing and that way they're prepared to take over the job. You know, if I uh, resign or, or get disqualified or leave IAC or whatever, um, you know, so th that helps, but it's a, it's a process. Yeah, that's cool. That'd be, oh. I think Mark, you would do a good job running a contest. I think you would. I, I mean that seriously. I, I should say that. I think everybody uh, should get involved, right? It is a lot of work, but I'll, I'll tell you what, when you do the job, like, and you don't have to be CD, you can be registrar, you can be volunteer coordinator, um, CD, whatever role you choose. Like, uh, if you're involved in contests, go and do that role, like literally sign yourself up for it because you will see a side of the contest of the event um, that you didn't even know existed and you'll be way, way more competent for it. Like you'll, you'll understand how the thing is run and, and you'll just gain so much knowledge from it. Um, yeah. That administrative side is really, it's heavy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we, we need volunteers. I mean, it's a constant struggle to get volunteers. So the more people that qualify and, uh, and get that knowledge, the better off we all are, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the, uh, you know, how, how nationals went off with, without a hitch and no drama. I think, I think the volunteers, yeah. I think they're just going to be flowing in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm certainly going. The phones yeah. have been ringing off the hook. Membership at EAA has just been going nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of volunteers, Brian, do you how do you feel about boundaries? Because that's a big volunteer oh, spot. Yeah. That's a yeah. contest thing. No, man, I'll tell you what. I have gone back and forth on boundaries because in the one hand, I see the argument. Like I get a bunch of upper category pilots that come to me and say, no, we need boundaries because like I'm good at staying in the box. And that should be you know, a way that I can separate myself score wise from my opponents who suck at staying in the box. Right. Um, and if you're really good at, at, you know, flying right inside that box, I totally see that argument, right? Like, um, that's something you can exploit to, uh, win against your competitors. Um, it's another facet of competition, but <laughs> Jesus swapping boundaries takes a lot of time, even right? at Borrego. You know, and the box is literally like the runways right there, and 300 feet north of that is the box. So it's right there. Uh, and it still takes a good 20, 30 minutes to drive somebody way out to the far corner, you know, bring the old guy back. And then, you know, there's inevitably like, oh, we forgot the radio for the other corner, or, you know, like, oh, that corner is out of water and they're about to die. We should go give them what, you know, it's just like managing the boundaries is a real time suck on contests. Um, so I'm kind of coming around to the idea, you know, like SIVA standard, which is just don't do boundaries and have the judges dock presentation scores. Loving it. Love it. Would there be a way to make, to, to do a camera system where it oh. didn't automatically penalize you, but maybe one person could observe all the boundary edges after yeah, a flight? Yeah. I've, I've actually thought about that uh, and like I've talked to some people about it. It's uh, it's harder than it seems, you know, because there's like weird angles and stuff and and image recognition. And, uh, you know, there's there's some stuff there, but uh, it's possible. But I mean, I, I think like I am a judge. Right. And I've been on the line and I've seen, you know, the score sheets come in and, and presentation scores are generally like sevens and eights. And then, you know, if Rob is flying, it's like 10 and, you know, 9.5 for Jim. 12. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I give. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try that on my next movie. when I'm on the line again, I'm just going to write 15.0. Uh, How many points? All of it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like you'll get, you'll get guys that fly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw my buddy Miko, a great friend of mine, uh, Paul Miko under the bus here. So we're out at, at tequila cup like three years ago and I'm judging and he's doing a hammerhead and I look up and he's like, we're making eye contact. He's like coming right at my seat, you know, just straight overhead of me, uh, <laughs> straight down towards me. And, you know, in that situation, you should really dock presentation, you know, cause, cause that, that is the fair thing that, you're not supposed to be directly over the judge's head. You know, no. if you have to like poke your head out of the tent and, and do yoga to see whatever figure is being flown, yeah. the presentation score should really go down and you shouldn't be afraid to, you know, like get down to two yeah. and three and, you know, one point. He was clearly zero. sucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, you know, judges are humans and they don't want to, like the presentation score is different than the other scores because the other ones are like, all right, you over-rotated this and you know you, you didn't do this. And there's like hard reasons for taking off points. And then the presentation score, there is no like hard rule book reason. It's all a matter of interpretation. So if you go down to two, then the competitor is like, 
why do you hate me? You know, and you know, then you got to kind of explain it like creates conflict. So people are adverse to go into those low numbers. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. I just recently became a judge. It already expired. It shows you how um, on top of my <laughs> shit I am. Um, literally, like didn't renew it the first time out. Um, and, now, you know, I, I judged my first contest um, and, you know, like, you know, who's in each plane. So like yeah. and. You know, I, I am. I was consistent. I was very consistent. So I wasn't unfair, but it's just like, you know, you, you I'll say it. I don't care. Like you can easily make some figures like a two and like you can look for. And it's like, what is that going to do to this guy? Is it going to keep him in the sport? Is like, who the fuck wants to spend all this money, fly to a contest and look at a score? She didn't score 37 percentile. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough. Being a judge is very tough, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, know? my gosh. It's tough when it's easy. It, it gets even worse when you start having issues. Yeah. I was hoping that Mark would be a judge. And then instead of competing in the flying part of nationals, he would go there and just judge. <laughs> just yeah, I'm fucking I'm for it. People yeah. Every I would love year that. I say I'm going to go and, and, and go to judges school. So can you do um, it? I'm Cause I'll assist. Yeah. And then who, who can we get to record? Can we get Lee to record and just talk sexy to us the whole time? No, Lee's, Lee's got to assist because that gives him a voice, man. You're yeah. right. Yeah. They just need to put him on a microphone. Like he assists for everybody. He just calls yeah. the sequences. And all I need is I'm going to have one free hand to write. So I only need one hand to write while he talks. <laughs> <laughs> you zeroed that one, man. <sighs> <sighs> Wombat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hey, Joe, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, ne- he's never going to come back on. Oh, he want- he's going to want it so bad. You don't even know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of nationals, Brian, I want to get your take on nationals. Um, oh, first, before we get into the, the, the drama, I guess I'll say. Yeah. What was your overall take of maybe the flying from a, from a, a judge's eye standpoint or – um, you know, kind of want to get your take on how it went flying wise, maybe uh, how it was run from from a CD perspective. And then, um, you know, well, I have a really I have a really good question to feed off that, Mark. A really good first question for you. Um, do you think, Brian, do you think that in each category, you know, primary sportsmen, intermediate, advanced and limited, do you think the people that won in each of those categories deserve to win? Where do they the right oh, winners? That's a man. great question. That is a great question. Um, I think you gotta you gotta start with unlimited, and the answer there is is uh, yes. You know, yeah. it, it, it's just it's it's clear. I watched some of that flying, and there's a lot of good flying, but but I mean, and I feel bad because and you guys raised this point is that like there was so much other stuff going on that it almost just distracted from Rob's performance. You know, he, he, he was just kind of a sideshow to the rest of it. Yeah, well, even after uh, getting man, ten, everybody's guy, like, okay, great, you know, ten, cool, you landed on the moon again. Who gives a shit? And it's like this guy just won ten, yeah. his tenth <laughs> national championship. It's yeah. huge in a row. It's huge in, in a fact, row. I think, in a row, and I think even last podcast we were like, we really need to talk about this, and then we still didn't really talk about it. How Dude, huge! If we, if we were there, this is why we need to be there, Mark, because we would have had so much fun with Rob. We would have been like, hold on a second, I'm pro. I got to check your tire pressures. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're missing a screw. This is uh, this Doug, is the, Douglas. The, the flake gate all over again. This guy's uh, running 31 PSI. He's cheating. 
What is this, a oh hard tailwheel? You cheater. <laughs> how, dude, uh, can I ask a I want to ask a sideline before we get back to the original question. How much of a freaking distraction would the two of us be at Nationals? <laughs> Everybody's oh going to be God. so mad. Oh, dude. I would love it. That's what it needs. That's what they need. <laughs> they don't know they need it, but they need it. <laughs> yeah. We're the heroes that they did not ask for. The other thing, too, is like I noticed some people bring their dogs to this Nationals things. I want to bring a lion or something like just crazy. Maybe I'll like hire an elephant to just ride on the whole time. Just bring a different like animal just to prove a point that, you know, if you're going to bring dogs here, I'm going to bring a, a caged beast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me around. Maybe an eight year old on a leash. Uh, just like bring a kid. Yeah. yeah. Leash that thing. I mean, then. You know, to get I back to that question, I might walk around with like a fish tank and a goldfish. Why not? <laughs> uh, <laughs> dropping down to advanced, I absolutely uh, think that the right guy won. Uh, I am a huge fan of Matt Dumphy. Uh, I watch him fly in Borrego all the time, and I, man, I'm telling you what, like this guy, uh, he he rolls the airplane, and he never, I have never seen him like bobble a stop on a point roll. Uh, you know, it's like a, a four point roll or an eight point roll. And it's just snap, snap, snap. And it's just perfect. I love watching him, uh, do rolls, but that's, that's only half the reason I think the right guy won. Uh, Matt is like, if you, Matt is just a great human being. If you are not a fan of Matt Dunphy, you're going to hell. Yeah. Like, you're an asshole. Yeah, it's going to be you, Hitler guy. and Stalin in a room in the seventh circle of hell with the pineapple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favorite thing about Matt is, is um, you know, usually at, re- at regional contests anyway, the upper category guys, you know, they, they got a lot on their plate. They're trying to memorize, you know, a billion different roles and things on an unknown sequence and and they're flying hard aerobatics compared to, you know, the lower categories. So a lot of them, you know, don't don't tend to work or volunteer quite as much as the lower categories, which I, mean, I don't like begrudge them that that sort of makes sense. You know, they've they've put in their time in the lower categories and now you know, they need a little more time to get ready and, and prep for all that G and, and stuff and, and memorize all those sequences. So that's fine. But Matt, man, every contest, I, I don't get to bed before like 1 a.m. when I'm the CD because you're just up late doing clipboards and putting everything together for the next day. And Matt Dumphy uh, is the one upper category guy that has been there. And he's like at 1 a.m. with the rest of us down in the trenches, just assembling clipboards in a hotel room. That's where- awesome you know, everything's, there's like billions of sheets of paper floating around and it's a giant disaster because uh, <laughs> we're missing somebody's, somebody's paperwork and whatever. But Matt is there for that. And man, that just speaks, uh, speaks really a lot. He, in my book. he plays off. Like he like just came off the beach after riding some waves, but he's a really smart guy. He's brilliant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Super smart. No, he's a, he's a great, great guy. Yeah. He must have a really great, um, regimen too. Like he must have really high discipline. I, I actually don't know how he trains. I know he's been doing more of it, but uh, man, I'm I'm super glad that he won. I think I think that one was well deserved. And he's been brought in advance for a while, for so. sure. Although yeah. I like Luke Penner as well. I don't have anything against Luke Penner, so like you know, you can you I'm can just happy that Canadian. Matt Dumphy won because I like him. You know, Luke's Canadian, so they're you know. There's that. Uh, I mean, now I do have something against Luke Penner. Yeah, I mean. Uh, he can it's take his free healthcare and shove it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
God. And then, uh, you know, intermediate Michael Lentz. So I didn't watch too much um, of the intermediate sportsmen in primary. So my opinions there are kind of less valid. But uh, Michael Lentz, I, I don't understand what happened here. Wasn't he supposed to fly advanced in the decathlon? No, he just did oh, that as, so. a, as a, not as a joke, but he just did that. You kind know, of exhibition. Yeah. I think he was, you know, he's bored. He's, he's an advanced pilot and, you know, he, um, I don't know if he didn't have access to the, the panzel at the time or, or the extra. So he did it as a fun thing. He knew he, I, I spoke to him. He knew he wasn't going to score well. He just kind of did it for fun. But again, like Mark and I were talking about that, where the guy flies an intermediate, at, uh, sorry, a super decathlon and intermediate at nationals wins. And because it's Mike Lentz and he's fucking awesome. We're all like, huh? All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's an oh, amazing feat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Meh, meh. So I actually, I kind of got a question here. Maybe you guys know. So Mike Lentz is the guy that does all the unknowns, right? Like he supervises the unknown sequences for the regionals. So how does that work for yes. nationals? He clearly he does, cheats. Like, his unknown. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he did win. So there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm pretty sure that for the nationals, it's anybody who's on the unknown board or somebody just steps up and, and figures out yeah. an unknown for that yeah, category. Exactly. Yeah, Mike yeah. is, it's funny too, because Mike is, is very, um, you know, uh, professional and really straight, straight laced and everything like that. And when we were in Romania, um, he was last to fly and he was flying, you know, Mike was the highest scoring American pilot we had over there. And if anybody was going to get caught with drugs or, or alcohol, not that anybody did it, but you know, he would be the last person and you know, the Europeans didn't know us that well. So they picked Mike Lentz to do a drug test. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh man. Talk about like picking the wrong guy. Uh, <laughs> That's by AJ Wilder. And he takes Mike Lentz. Yeah. Okay, AJ's doing cartwheels across the ranch. We'll take Mike Lentz. <laughs> hey guys, should we start a new business? Hey guys, I got great ideas. Just, like, just <laughs> blitzed out of his mind. Uh, we thought so that our- was Mike Lentz and that was AJ. Oh fuck, we fucked up. <laughs> At our uh, at our spring contest, right? Uh, the award ceremony. We we have like a ton of fun at the Borrego award ceremony. Oh, we that's and, a really uh, great. Hold on a second. This is great that you're talking about this because are you gonna? I cut off all our guests and everybody hates me for it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> are you gonna talk about the thing where he with the bidding? Oh God! Uh, Can yeah, you tell so, us? Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so, <laughs> but that that came after this part. So um, I I don't know who it was, but somebody you know th- there was a there was a little bit of of uh, adult beverages involved, but nobody nobody was like no. college blackout drunk, right? Like don't it wasn't that bad. You know, people were just having a good time, and somebody decided to like bear hug AJ, oh, but they boy. decided to bear hug him from like ten yards away at a full sprint. And coming up from like behind him, okay. so they do this, and AJ goes into the shrubbery outside of the little banquet hall where we do the <laughs> award ceremony. Oh my and god! And the hotel staff assume that like he's super wasted and drunk, and you know, uh, there's like a fight breaking out. So they pull up like a golf cart, and they come over to me, and they're like, "He has to leave. He has to leave." And I'm like trying to explain, "No, no, no. You know, it was just like somebody tackled him." Uh, so what we oh do, my God. Yeah. <laughs> we're walking through a sequence and the yeah. winds were crazy and <laughs> <laughs> he got blown out of the box. Yeah, yeah, that's a cross, the box. Man. yeah. yeah. DQ in a valid box. We we're just trying to simulate to the pilots what the winds would feel like. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, no, but anyway, after that, so we sat back down and, you know, everybody was having a good time. And then after that, uh, a few more beverages were uh, imbibed. And at the Borrego contest, we always do like this auction. Michael Church runs the uh, the chief judge there. He runs this auction and we, we have stuff. It's actually a really great deal because we'll do like we get sponsors from like hooker harness and, and uh, parachute repacks and all this stuff. And you can get a, you can get a sweet deal. Like the hooker harness starts at 250 bucks and it's, they're usually like $600. Um, That's awesome. You know, but anyway, so one of these items comes up uh, and, and AJ starts challenging Matt Dumphy to a bidding war and he's like a thousand dollars. And then he's just uh, harping on Dumphy and he goes over and he's like poking Dumphy in the side of the head. It's <laughs> like, come on, Come on. And Dumphy and him go back and forth. And I don't know if anybody actually paid that amount. I think he did to his credit, but it got into like the thousands of dollars, uh, which is really great because that box is the aerobatic box is super expensive to maintain at Borrego. Oh, geez. Really? Yeah, it's way oversized. It was built. um, So years ago, they were working to get the world championships in Borrego and they almost did. There's some drama involved there that I won't go into. No. But that, that box, the markers out there, there's like 800 sheets of plywood in on the desert floor. And I got a photo of my buddy who went out and sprayed him white last spring. Uh, and he's like lying in the center of the middle marker um, just with his arms and legs outstretched. And he's tiny. He's like a little dot in the middle oh, of this giant. Is it maintained all year? I'm sorry? Is is the is uh the uh, is that maintained all year? The, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. permanent, freestanding, wavered, um, three hundred sixty-five days a year. Uh, we have a lease on the land that runs through like twenty fifty or something. That's uh, great. So it's, it's one of the shit. last remaining permanent wavered aerobatic boxes in the country. Yeah, no kidding. It's it's great. Like you go other places. I've been to like um, no no offense to Koalinga. I love Koalinga. It's great to fly up there. But uh, you you show up on Saturday mornings briefing and they're like, yeah. So uh, the northeast and the southwest markers they got trampled by cattle overnight, so they're not there anymore. Um, you're just gonna fly around them, you know. Great. And then that doesn't happen in Borrego. <laughs> oh, by the way, there's no fuel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That did happen to us two contests ago. The fuel pump broke. And so uh, we had a guy, uh, Mark Henshaw, who was out there in a twin Comanche. So he flew to uh, Thermal, which is like literally five miles away, filled up the twin Comanche, filled up a bunch of tanks, you know, like jugs in the back of the twin Comanche, came back and just filled up aerobatic aircrafts. And he just ran refueling flights uh, from Thermal back and forth. He he (laughs) saved the contest. They didn't fix the pump till like late in the afternoon. He literally saved the contest. There needs to be an article about him in sport aerobatics because that's, uh, that guy's a freaking awesome dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a hero. Uh, Yeah. Ah, the awkward silence. Oh, I thought somebody was talking. There's um, no office signs. Um, so, okay, so we, we went through the categories um, for nationals uh, from, from just kind of a flying standpoint, for the most part. Um, at least the categories that matter, let's be real. Nobody gives a crap about sportsmen. How do you um, feel about gliders? Oh, <laughs> that's, man, I watch every second of the gliders. Ugh, no, you did Riveting. I fucking hate it. You don't know. <laughs> I was glued to my screen. You don't even know. <laughs> did you guys, did you guys see though that the awards? Did you see the awards they handed out? Like the photos of them. Which one? The propeller things. Yeah. So the glider yeah. pilots got giant propeller blades. They're like, here, <laughs> fucking get another one and put it on your Perfect. airplane, so we don't have to watch you anymore. Yeah, I never Perfect. thought about it. That's a valid point. <laughs> That's really funny. They should have gotten like a sailboat sail. <laughs> 
I will say, I will say this: like the glider, you know, I. Here's a piece of rope for your first place win. (laughs) It takes a lot of skill to do that, man, without an engine and manage all that. And so, I don't know that I could do it, but I'm fine. If you win, if you win in a glider in a category, do you have to thank your tow pilot? I mean, because it's. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's kind of a team effort when you think about it, right? Uh, I think you have to thank the air. (laughs) <laughs> when it's done well, like when it's done well, it's actually kind of I- interesting. Like, have you guys seen Jim Burke's flight in the uh, like the unlimited flight he recorded uh, and put up? He put it on like the Facebook group months ago. It was you know, a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. my uh, my Norton yeah. antivirus won't let me watch gliders. <laughs> uh, it's not wrong. It's, it's not wrong. Yeah, it's spam, according yeah. to <laughs> malware. Oh, malware alert. <laughs> Thanks, Norton. Uh, that was a close one. <laughs> Save the day. I just I love the prop awards, the giant prop as an award for the gliders. I thought that was so appropriate. awesome. No. Yeah. That's hilarious. Anyway, so what you think about it from what you think about it from? Um, well, I guess judging kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, you, you think everybody kind of well, your question, uh, Jeff's question, uh, kind of tied both of those in. Um, how about from maybe like an organizational standpoint, CD standpoint? Um, how, how did how did you? And this isn't to like um, begrudge any you know Doug Bartlett or anything like that, but just more of like was it did it. Aside from the protests and all that other stuff, which we'll get into, did you th- feel like it was a pretty well-run contest just from the outside looking in? Yeah. I mean, I, it seemed like it. I, I wasn't there. So, you know, I don't want a Monday morning quarterback, uh, the organizers, because I know how much work it is to actually put on a contest. And this is basically like two or three regionals combined, right, with a towered airport and a bunch of extra stuff thrown in the mix. Um, but, I, you know, Rob posted on the Facebook group. He said it, it seemed to be running really well. Uh, the flights were running on time. Everything was efficient. Um, you know, there were no big problems with the weather or, you know, getting hangar space for everybody. Um, so it seemed like, you know, that the organizers did a pretty good job. I I think they deserve a pat on the back for running an an efficient show. You know, it seemed, it seemed like from the start, Salina airport had their panties in a twist the whole time. Yeah. It did seem like that. That is true. I, I would, I would be very strongly in favor of putting nationals at a non towered field. See? I, I happen to know one. Uh, it has a great aerobatic box. Excellent <laughs> spa. Me, this, is, this is not, um, this has been close to happening before, right? Uh, yes. So Borrego has been in contention to run uh, Worlds before. And I got, I actually got something I was talking about. I think it was with Brit. Um, I think it was with Brit. But th- let me run this by you guys. So, you know, the wins were definitely an issue, at least for advanced, right? This this Nationals, it got to be like 30, 40 knots across the box at altitude. Child's yeah, they stood, down, they stood down. They stood the morning down. And I think they, sw- they switched at least once, if not twice. During during the flight, yeah. So here here's my here's my contention, right? The Midwest is famous for like super windy conditions, and I totally get yeah. that. But if you always host nationals in the Midwest, aren't you giving a home field advantage to the folks that routinely deal with those kinds of winds, right? Because out here in California, we don't have weather that sucks, so we don't ever have to deal with like thirty or forty knot winds. So when we go to nationals, right, like we're already a little bit behind the the power curve 
because all of a sudden there's these giant winds, you know, that we've never had to deal with. Whereas the Midwest guys uh, are constantly practicing in that. So wouldn't it make it's more wind. sense just fairness wise to like rotate nationals between West coast, non shitty weather, East coast, non shitty weather and Midwest tornado alley weather. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And you know, it, they get the home field advantage of wind and then we don't see just corn for 3000 miles in every direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, I had an idea a while ago that, and it, uh, this will never happen. It's way too much. We don't have the, uh, the, uh, the administration, not administration people, but just the, the late, the power of people to do it. The amount of people, um, to rotate nationals throughout the regions. So like Northeast region mm, would host yeah. it one year and ne- the following year would be Northwest. And rotate it around the country because then technically because then you know if borrego sounds like a great place but I'll tell you one thing right now i ain't flying my airplane across the country to go to borrego <laughs> yeah totally get it uh i wouldn't fly like to new hampshire you know that's the, the great lakes would get there in 2024 um so i totally get that but i i love that idea and that's kind of it mimics what we do at the worlds right like it the the championships they rotate around different countries so that it's, you know, the, the burden of like shipping your plane across the ocean is kind of split evenly yeah. between all the different people. I um, do agree though. It, it should be at a non-towered airport. I mean, yeah. that's an yeah. elementary opinion. I haven't really, I don't know how safety, I don't know how much safety a towered airport adds to it, but, um, it seems like these towered airports are, uh, are putting an extra amount of not stress or workload, but just adding uh, maybe maybe distraction would you say to to the contest yeah i just i feel like an uncontrolled airport is better for aerobatics you know it's it's just we're doing stuff that doesn't really jive well with traffic patterns and normal traffic and and that kind of stuff and and i think overall it's just better for everybody if we we don't have that extra layer of complexity there you know yeah no, I agree yeah I wonder- there's, not a, there's not a big buffer too for like you know air traffic control i mean I've been in a Salina. Only time I, times I've ever been in a Salina is when I've flown private jets into there, going from West Coast to East Coast uh, on a fuel stop. But you're you're talking about putting very, you know, it's in control, but an out of control environment of aerobatics with a an IFR very much in control traffic separation environment, and you're you're marrying those pretty close together. You know, people are doing instr- instrument approaches, even if it's visual and good conditions. Yeah, um, and then you have you know like situations with both Brit and AJ um, exiting the box, you know, call it right or wrong. And that's a whole other thing that we're going to get into. But just the fact where they exit where they're not supposed to sends air traffic control into a tizzy. Um, yeah. Just because they're not expecting it. Whereas if you had a non-towered airport, you know, you make the notum and, and make it, you know, do all the necessary stuff, but you don't have that, that added pressure of having, you know, business jets come in and out of there all day long. Yeah, and that's um, the thing. And, and people are forgetting to realize, I mean, listen, AJ was 100 percent wrong. He should have, you know, he should have known better. But again, you know, the guy's flying an unlimited sequence. So at the end of an unlimited sequence, you're kind of fucking fried. And yeah. you know, made, he made a boo boo. And it's, in, you know, there definitely needs to be some reaction towards it. It just sucks seeing, um, you know, scores being zeroed out. And, you know, everybody knows the tower just fucking flipped out and. You know, it's just weird. It's like the tower, you know, I can't imagine the tower being like, well, so, you know, something's got to happen to this pilot. And they'll be like, why can't they just be like, OK, yeah, we're going to do something like do you think the tower is going to follow up a day later? Be like, all right. So what did you do to that pilot? I want to see. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Your DQ is known. Good. That's. I was going to suggest that. Yeah. As the air traffic <laughs> controller. And I, but you just did it, so that's cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. On I with mean, the contest. <laughs> a- AJ situation. I kind of like. I don't want to. I don't want to spend an hour rehashing because you guys have talked about this so much before, and I think you've yeah you've gotten like pretty much the right of it. You know, I'm sitting there like listening to the previous episodes, and I'm like nodding along at the gym. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yep, yep, I agree. Uh, I think AJ, you know, clearly didn't exit the box the right way. But like you guys said, if it was a safety issue, then the tower, the FAA takes care of that, right? Like the tower's job is to say, hey, call this number, um, possible pilot deviation. And if they don't do that, then you just have a controller who's a little grumpy, right? And we've all been there. You know, you, you turn the wrong way on a taxiway or, you know, you take an exit off of a runway that they didn't want you to take or something and you, you get a little lecture. Um, but yeah. the thing about it is, and ATC is pretty good about this. If you do something that is is technically not what you were supposed to do, right, or, or um, wasn't what they were anticipating, unless it created a safety hazard, like a real collision threat or set off alarms in the tower, um, or is something like they have to report, like a runway incursion. They're pretty good about saying, hey, um, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't good. Don't do that again. They don't automatically jump to the death penalty of like possible pilot deviation, call this number and, yeah. and you know, notify the FISDO. There's some discretion there, right? And that's what I think the jury failed to exercise um, is discretion to say, all right, what was the intent? Did AJ just say like, all right, fuck all of you guys. I'm just getting on the ground however I want. Um, or did he possibly come out of the sequence? He was a little fried, you know, possibly a little, you know, turned around or whatever. Um, and he was just taking a second to get his, his head on straight. And reckless. yeah, was he intentionally reckless and a hotshot, you know? Uh, and I don't think so. I know AJ, I'm obviously biased. He's a friend of mine. Um, but I don't think he was. And so I think it was in the jury's power to do something less drastic than a disqualification for that flight. Right. And, that is something that we give the jury a, a broad range of discretion to handle situations because the rule book can't cover every possible thing that's going to come up. So we kind of put that jury there and we say, hey, listen, you guys are the final authority. The buck stops with you. Um, and they could have done any number of things. There's no prescribed penalty for that situation. You know, they could have said, hey, AJ, congratulations. You got an all expenses paid trip to the corner for the rest of the week you know, and put him out on the boundary. They could yeah. have fined him $500. Uh, so why do you think, why do you think that, uh, that, uh, disqualifications were kind of like the flavor of the month? Um, from what I've heard, the, the jury's kind of reasoning was that, that once it happened, they were, their hand was forced. They had to do that. There's a line in the rule book about, you know, one of the things that can lead to a DQ is, is item J, reckless flying. And that says any violation of traffic patterns, unscheduled aerobatic maneuvers or operation of an aircraft in an unsafe manner uh, that would create an unsafe situation or cast an image of recklessness on the IAC. And I don't think AJ's event rose to that occasion, but I mean, I guess that's the excuse they would use for that DQ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, I think that jury decision was really poor. I think you know, one of the most powerful things in the rule book is this line that says, Hey, when we're in doubt, we give the benefit of the doubt to the competitor. And I think knowing AJ and, you know, he's an ATP CFI, everything, um, you know, and, and knowing his track record and, and how dedicated he is to the sport and his performance over the years, I think that jury should have said, you know what, AJ, um, made a mistake here, but it, it, it doesn't rise to recklessness. You know, it's just, he yeah. ticked off a controller. 
Um, well, I think there's there's two parts. To, there's two parts too. The first part is I think that if something like that, if it's a matter of getting violated and everything, I think AJ should, you know, you can go to AJ and be like, hey man, do you want to let them pursue FAA action and keep your scores, or do you want to let us, you know, zero your flight and let this go away? If that's the case. And then the other thing too is like whatever the decision is, like obviously we have to respect that the jury is the jury, but why is it like it's, you know, even when Mark and I talk about it, like we're talking about it here and there's this little bit of like, you know, not that we have to watch what we say, but we have to be not afraid, but like, why is it so bad to talk about? Like, and why wasn't it spoken about publicly about the decision that was made, who made the decision, why it was like, if it was such a legit decision and if it was a legit, um, you know, if it was right, you know, rules are rules. And like, just like people that protest, like I, you protest because somebody broke the rules. Okay. That's fine. But if you do this and you make these decisions, then every word of it should be public. Otherwise, like you're, it's like being half pregnant. I, uh, I actually sent an email to Debbie, um, who is the jury chair person and, uh, Steve, who was the co-chair, uh, last week when it happened. And I said, Hey, and I was I was super polite about it because I I wasn't there right I didn't see AJ's exit you know and if he comes out like in a in a tumble and is at two hundred feet and is flying over runways or he's like sorry goose it's time to buzz the tower right yeah, then he deserves like, it yeah but so I I wrote to him and I said hey listen maybe you guys have information that we don't but from the outside this seems like a really controversial decision. Maybe it would be a good idea for you guys to either in the magazine or like on the social media platforms, kind of write an explanation of like, here's, here's how we arrived at this conclusion. Yeah. yeah I, got a little I got bit. crickets. I didn't hear a response. Um, yeah. And we'll get into that because today, the last 48 hours, I've been emailing back and forth with the entire IEC board and I've kind of kicked a hornet's nest repeatedly because I'm really good at that. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of led me down that path. But yeah, well, I, I think and- that speaks in spades, you know, like the fact that you didn't get a response there. And, and Jeff, I want to um, jump back. You know, you, you made a comment about having to respect their decision. I disagree about having to respect their decision. I understand what you mean, but it's like, you know what, like hearing that you should be able to give the competitor the benefit of the doubt doesn't give everybody a pass to like be reckless and be like, Hey, you know what? You were reckless this time. You did buzz the tower with smoke on and inverted, but like, you've never done that before. So, you know, no worries, man. That's not what it's for. (laughs) You know, but you know, I think even in Brit's case, like, again, I wasn't there. I've heard, I've heard stories, you know, I'm, I I think it's funny is that like, if anything, if any zero should stick, which I don't think, I don't even get into it, but like, if anything should stick, it should have been the, the thing, the last DQ that Brick got, you know what I mean? Cause that happened. That probably has the most justification, but that got, that got yeah. reversed out of all of them. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I think <laughs> so. some little birdies have given me some information that by that point, like there was a pretty good vibe in the atmosphere at nationals of sympathy for Brit and AJ. And I think the jury at that point was like, seriously, we can't, we can't zero two scores. They'll, they'll yeah. poison us in our sleep. If that's the case, then like, then they're not as confident as they needed to be in their first decision. Yeah. I, well, I think and, they they got some blowback they weren't anticipating. From, I I agree with what Tony. I mean, I'm sorry, Britt, and I hope you don't think I'm being mean. But um, you know, from his point of view and the judge's point of view, I mean, you just can't. You shouldn't do that. And like, do I think the the score should have been zeroed? I don't know what the rule book says on zeroing out scores, but it definitely should have been penalized and everything like that. It's just like, okay, like you weren't thinking clearly, and like you know, like that was a big boo boo, and you know, sh- that happens. But like the yeah, other I shit, think, it's like, come on. 
I think the the you know Tony Wood, the chief judge there, was in, and the grading judges because to zero the flight for unsafe flying, you have to have a majority agreement of the grading judges and the chief judge. Um, and I think they they're kind of primed. So many people have died split essing out of botched maneuvers yeah. Um, yeah. that they're kind of primed to see that and go nope 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 nope. You know, Teach, which is teaching upset recovery. That's the the thing I harp on the most. And granted, I'm not, you know, I'm not a competition pilot, but have done UPRT uh, instruction for a long time. And yeah, they just that's want a that big one. I mean, that's a big one. G. Yeah, putting putting that energy towards the ground and having nowhere else to go. It, it's 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 you know that's a scary one for yeah. sure. Yeah. So yeah. I I, and I, I understand like that that's kind of that's one of those things where like I'm sure as especially air show guys, every air show person there must have been like, oh shit. Um, mm. Yeah, because you know you've seen that in so many air. Sh- I mean, co- uh, co- competition uh, people too, but like the the air show guys, you see that a lot. Where it's just like you did not anticipate your al- altitude before you started that maneuver, and it's too late. Well, she was um, at twenty five hundred feet when she did it, and she was super slow because she had just come yeah. off the top of the half loop, and then the the snap, you know, that didn't stick uh, well, and so she was never in and any danger. But Jim actually raised either. a good point, and that is that. Um, you know, the intermediate, that was a tricky figure for intermediate because everybody's been practicing avalanches all year long. And all of a sudden there's a half loop and fly off level after the snap. And his point was, well, she basically flew a bad avalanche, right? She came a half loop up, did a snap and then a half loop down, um, after a delay. And you know, that you could argue that, that she, you know, just had the muscle memory to fly an avalanche. And that's why she didn't stick the snap level inverted, um, and, and fly off. Um, I told Jeff that I thought that she had thought it was an avalanche. Like when I saw it, I was like, mm, oh, I think she yeah. thought she was doing an avalanche. I mean, that's yeah. just what it, it did. That's absolutely what it looked like. Yeah, because she, she didn't even wag out. And I think she was like, wait a second. I should have finished inverted level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah. Um, but who knows? I mean, it w- well, and she didn't get, she didn't, uh, she didn't blow uh, the bottom of the box either. No. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't know. I, it's interesting because like there's so much uh, subjectiveness, I guess, to what is reckless. And it's like if you don't do a figure right or, you know, you unload the airplane or um, over rotate a snap enough to where the airplane starts to, you know, maybe auto rotate, you get slow or something. Yeah. Um, wh- what is reckless and what is a botched maneuver? You know, it's like, yeah. I, yeah. And again, that's why we have judges and that's why the human element is in there. It's to, to make I, those I, calls, I, but it's it's hard. I don't think her figure there rose to the level of unsafe flying. Um, and I think a good counter example is that Mark, the, um, the steerman video you posted on the Facebook group where that guy is out flying loops oh. and he's like pulling the power to idle and pausing, you know, and, and it's clear he's like moving the stick as he pulls and he's pulling real slow. So he runs out of energy over the top and then he's going yeah. into like an inverted spin. Um, you know, that's unsafe flying. Like yes. that would be as a grading judge. If I saw that, I'd be like, nope, that guy needs to come down out of the sky. Well, yeah. there's a pattern there. You know, it's like the, um, reading that report. We'll sidebar here for a second on that. Cause like that was such a, it was a sad uh, preliminary NTSB report to read um, because it was, it's just so preventable. Anybody that does aerobatics reads that. And it's just like, oh man, just a, just three hours of training would have prevented that. Yeah. Um, and I, I yeah. generally make it a policy not to, you know, Monday morning quarterback guys that have had wrecks like that, but because his video evidence is on there for those that haven't seen it, it's a YouTube video where he's out flying loops. Um, and he's just flying very, very poorly, like very unsafe loops. Um, and because that video exists, it's, it's kind of clear combined with the witness statements, what happened to him on the accident flight. And I think, you know, a lack of training is what killed that guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And basically what he was doing, it was getting on the top of a loop, stalling it and, and inverted spinning it. He got it out once and then didn't get it out the second time. So there's, there's a, a pattern of consistently bad airmanship through these maneuvers. And then you watch the, the videos and it's like, Oh, this wasn't, this wasn't two loops that he did bad, uh, poorly and almost ended up into spins or did end up into a spin. This is probably over the course of days, weeks, months that he's doing this either consistently and trying to figure out what he's doing wrong and can't, or has gotten away with this at lower altitudes. Somebody did send me a message like, Oh, this guy moved from a lower density altitude airport. And it's like, okay, well maybe, I mean, it's still poor technique, um, but it, it worked 2000 feet lower or something, you know, something to that effect. But yeah. And, um, you know, you see stuff like that. You're like, okay, there's a real pattern here. This is, this is, this is poor airmanship. And I didn't, I didn't think Brit doesn't deserve a, a poor airmanship badge. I mean, she doesn't have consistently, no. um, botched maneuvers to this magnitude. It was just a simple, it was a mistake, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, you know, I'm, you I'm give the competitor I'm, the benefit of the doubt. So you've seen her fly. Uh, she's got like a dozen contests under her belt. You've seen her fly all week. Um, this was a, a one off decision that was at a safe altitude. It's not like the prescribed textbook way to recover from that situation, but the recovery was still safe. You know, it never, it never, you know, tightened sphincters on the ground in other words. You know? So I, I've never been in a, a thank God, a, a DQ situation, but there's a jury, obviously, uh, you know, the judges rule it and then it goes, I guess, to the jury or something. I don't even know. But um, does the pilot get to meet with the jury and basically get questioned and be like, let them. So like they could be like, OK, so tell us what happened, Britt. And she could be like, yes. well, so she so, was able to sit down and speak with them. Yep. So um, it's actually right here. It's rule 31.5.8. You like how prepared I am? It's like I I'm fucking presidential. Yeah. You I shouldn't have said that. that you had it in front of you. You've been like, well, by memory, it's... Because uh, <laughs> I would have totally bought that. I'm not very gullible, but I would have totally... I would have been like, wow, did, I don't know this guy, Brian. I just met him. He's brilliant. <laughs> Let me check my internal memory real quick. Oh, you yeah, see it's, uh, it's 31.5.8B. The grievant is entitled to be present at the hearing and to call witnesses and present evidence. So, yeah, the jury is supposed to, um, you know, call bring them in. Johnny Cochran. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, that, that that was that was definitely some weirdness there. I mean I um I mean yeah, not to Do beat you know the dead horse. Brick went to the jury with that one? Was she present? I, I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't know her. those details. I wonder yeah. how that works out. I mean I in all seriousness, I, I wonder what it's like. I mean, I don't want to know what it's like, but I'm curious to see well, what what it like specifically they, is like. Would they look at maybe past contests um or or seek out that information because i i remember hearing uh and i won't i won't even mention the airplane because it, it might even give that away but um a, an air show guy that also competed uh, i don't think he competes anymore but um had like several contests that were problematic uh of like dqs low calls unsafe flying etc cetera, etc cetera. and finally i i, I he's just stopped flying but or or not stopped flying but stopped competing but um I think it got to the point where like people were just like not letting him fly at contests mm. and it was just based, you know, there was a pattern of behavior over the, the course of several different regional contests over the course of maybe a couple years. Would, would they look at, at like in the case of Brit, okay, you know, how many contests does she have this year? How many DQs does she have? What is it for? Um, 
is there do they build a pattern like that or would they or can they? I, or is I don't know what that jury at- did, but if I were the chairman um, or a jury member, I would not do that. And the reason is, you know, say a guy goes out and he has a bad contest and he's like even unsafe, you know, say that steerman guy comes and flies a contest uh, and does that kind of shit. And, and the grading judges are like, nope, land immediately. Um, and then, you know, he goes out and gets some training in, in the interval between the next contest and he comes back and now there's some kind of protest involving him again. I think it's unfair to him to look at, you know, wh- where he was a year ago or six months ago and say, oh, well, you used to suck really hard. So clearly you suck today. You know, um, that's a good point. That's I think fair. people should be evaluated based on the context of the current situation. Um, unless there's some overriding, you know, like, oh, um, you know, John there is constantly doing stupid shit and he has some kind of reputation as, as a risky pilot or, or, you know, um, has, has been reckless in the past. Maybe then you, you start to be like, maybe this guy isn't so good for the IAC, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. It was interesting too with AJ cause the protest period was over. Yeah, that that whole thing, man. I don't um, understand any of that. I, I don't think don't. it ever should have gotten to the jury. And I don't want to criticize Doug. I think being a CD is a hard, hard job, right? And doing it at nationals, even harder. Um, but I think a big part of being CD is having the back of everyone under you, right? Everyone that comes to your contest. When they show up, you run interference for them and make their lives as easy as possible. And a, a good example is Koalinga years ago, um, it was rumored that an FAA inspector was coming to a contest. And so one of, I think it was the CD or the tech inspector went around to everybody and he was like, listen, they love to ask about compass deviation cards. So make sure you have a deviation card in your airplane. And if you don't, here's a blank one that we've just printed up and you can you know, set it in your airplane and, and fill out the numbers and everything. That's looking out for your team, right? And I think yeah. that in this case, what Doug should have done is when that tower guy called up, he should have said, you know, oh, thank you very much, sir. We will absolutely address this internally. It will not happen again. Um, we take safety very seriously. And then he pulls AJ aside, you know, and he says, WTF, mate, in like his best leave voice. And, uh, you know, you go from there. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I, I feel like at that point, like, you know, AJ probably knows like, oh, that wasn't cool because, you know, the tower yelled at him. And then you get you get pulled aside by Doug and it, you know, make it, it's, you know, you can have a serious talk without having any punitive, um, action against his scoring. And he'll take that very seriously. Yeah. I feel if we had Mike Goulian, like in the, in the Godfather tuxedo in the first scene, you know, with the red flower and like, if you, <laughs> it, and just have him walking around and, or like sitting down somewhere. And you know that if you got to go see Don G, you really fucked up. And that should be enough. <laughs> you know, Mike will be just sitting there. I don't know. Petting Monique's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta kiss the ring. Uh, that's, that's how my morning, that's how my morning started out today. So I've been emailing the IAC board of directors and, uh, Mr. Jux- Justin Hickson has been replying. So I've been kind of going back and forth with him. He's one of our directors and, uh, I just wake up to a text on my phone and it's Jim Burke and it says, call me as soon as you can period. So yeah, I'm, like, oh, I'm being, this is either being really good or really bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm either being promoted or fired and I yeah. don't know which one it is yet. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> let's, let's get into that. Cause that's, this is, this is a, um, I would say, well, I want to take one step back before we get into there. This nationals 
this stuff is this this stuff is systemic. It, it's been going on forever in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes it's it's you know illustrated a little bit more, like in this year's nationals, than others, or this you know certain contests over others. But these these problems are not new. Um, yeah, and unless you were in the know, sorry to cut you off, and I'm gonna yeah. let you finish. <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, 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 uh, real quick, because unless you were in the know, like we all knew about it, because we have we have all friends. But the people that don't know, you know, everybody's getting the all the information right now from social media, which never happened, you know, ten yeah, years yeah, ago. And everything. So this brand is new. why. Anyway, keep going, Mark. That's sorry. well. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> Just like like you know finishing your best friend's, you know, sandwich. Like you just finished my sentence, like exactly how I was going to say it. <laughs> really? Um, oh, my bad. Yeah, no, that's exactly, that was, no, no, you're fine. Um, that's exactly my point is that you know, between this podcast, Facebook with a more centralized, you know, cause this wouldn't have happened. I mean, people are still asking for like people's email addresses on the exploder. That thing is so freaking antiquated. Are you still like, buttered hey, about yeah. that? Do you guys have a VHS of, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, VH. Who VHS. has a VCR? You don't, you don't use A-Track still? Yeah. A-Track, right? <laughs> I use LaserDisc. I, like, I got I all keep, my shit on LPs. Vinyl. I keep, I keep it real. Vinyl. <laughs> it's the only true way. That's true. That's actually true. It's true <laughs> audio file right there. But yeah, like, you know, I, just stuff can travel. Information can travel. It's so instantaneous um, between, you know, the, the aerobatic pilots group or ed- other aerobatic groups on Facebook, um, forums, text. You know, everybody seems to kind of be in the know, especially now um, having, you know, Forrest Fox. Thank you so much again for filming. Um, mm, yeah, we can really see a lot of this stuff and then and, and kind of know what's going on. I, I think th- would you say that this is probably a new era? Is that fair to say that it know, absolutely this is not going to? Yeah. Yeah. yeah this and I want to slide anymore. I want to I want to say that some of our uh, leadership team is prepared for that new era. And I think that Jim Burke, back when we were doing elections a while back, he posted on Facebook and he said, you know, you would not do wrong if you voted for the people you see being active here, you know, in the community, in, in online. And I think that was great advice, right? Because we, and that's not to be pejorative against um, the, the, the old guard, right? I think they have a lot of expertise and wisdom to offer, but we are going into a new era. And I think that we need leaders who are adaptable to that era and engage with it and, um, are ready for new ideas and that new frontier. And I think that sometimes as you get older, right, you just, you got to leave Miley Cyrus and TikTok behind and you got to adapt, you know, to, uh, to the changing environment. And some of our leaders are, are less prepared to do that than, than others, um, which is part of, you know, this whole thing. But before I jump in and I'm just like saying bad stuff about various people, um, I, I, I want to start by saying like, the IAC itself is in is better off today than it has ever been, right? And and I know that that I've seen on Facebook people say, "Oh, this is why I don't compete," you know, oh, all this drama. But let me tell you a story. Back in college, uh, my buddy Nick, he lived with me, and and he was having like some he was signing up for new health insurance, so they were sending uh, a, like a health inspector to come. No, and I've do an seen interview this scene before. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a drive up proctologist. He just, they come to the house and, you know, they do a little poking and prodding. Oh, you you watched that video on Pornhub too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is my favorite. Uh, Played at the briefing. uh, Yeah. So he was telling me, oh, you know, I was so embarrassed because our our apartment at the time, like we're college kids. He's like, it was so messy. You know, we had like beer cans here and and Jeep doors from my Jeep Wrangler against the wall and surfboards and like towels everywhere. And just, it was a mess, right? 
And he said, I was, I was super embarrassed about this for a while. And then he said, and, and this is like, it stuck with me forever. Um, and then he said, but I realized, you know, just before she showed up that it's, it's awesome that all that stuff is there because it means that I'm freaking living an amazing life. Like I surf and drive around in Jeep Wranglers without doors off. And I got all this, you know, stuff around my apartment from all these cool parties that we had and all these friends and memories I've made. And that's how I kind of feel about the IAC, right? The worst thing in the world for us would be if nobody was talking about us, right? right? Like there was no drama because there's no activity, right? If we had like five people at contests and nationals was like Michael Lentz just winning every category in succession, um, you know, and then Rob Holland flying the four minute free, that would suck. And so in, in one way, we're a collection of like type A personalities that all have a bunch of money and play with airplanes. So we're all like super, uh, well off or, you know, doing all right. And there's going to be some conflict and some drama and stuff. And, and we'll never get to a point where all of that goes away. But Jesus, if we ever do get to that point, it probably means that the IAC itself has died. So right. I don't subscribe to this idea that just because there's some conflict and, and stuff to talk about and all this stuff that, you know, it's a problem and we should look, work to eliminate that. We should definitely talk about the conflicts. But man, I think that means the IAC is alive and kicking, you know? Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's a good sign. This is more activity in terms of just like what's going on. And honestly, for myself, um, I've become more informed about the processes of <laughs> the the behind the scenes. Um, and I think a lot of people have too. like the nationals really highlighted a lot of stuff. And I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just more like ed educational stuff of how does this process work? How does that work? Oh, this is happening. Why? Yeah. And um, you just couldn't see that unless you were there before. And I know the argument is like, well, you should go there. Like that's, that's what the argument would be. And it's like, I, I can't disagree with that, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to educate yourself and, and become informed and pay attention and be engaged. This is, you know, you want engagement. If, if the ISC is an organization wants engagement, this is how you get it. Yeah. And it's free. It's a free uh, Petri dish of ideas. I mean, everybody's voicing what they want and you know, the majority will rule on it. So um, not rule making, but the, the people who say the most about the same thing, you know, hopefully that thing happens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, so I'm, I'm not down on the IAC at all. I think we're in a great, great place. The membership is growing again for the first time in decades, right? We're up to 4,170. Uh, it's been growing all summer. National Aerobatics Day was like a blow away success. There's literally I know, four right? people coming to my contest here to Borrego directly as a result from National Aerobatics Day. Like awesome. They came out, we gave that. rides in the Great Lakes, and now they're competing. We have uh, 10 Even, even with a ride in the Great Lakes, they, they came back? Even with the Great Lakes, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, dude, let me tell you, I have been, I have been this is an aside, but I've been transitioning to a monoplane. I've been doing some extra mid-wing training to get ready to fly a Panzel. Uh, knock on wood, my buddy owns one of the 11 nope. remaining Panzels. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I might get to. Ah, that's a wood, that's a puzzle joke for the group. All right, <laughs> I might get to fly it in the in the upcoming contest. Um, so I've been doing this midwing training, and oh, you fucking bastards! You have been hiding this. Like when I fly the Great Lakes, it's like a workout, man. Like yeah. you better be able to bench press two hundred pounds if you want to do a slow roll. Yeah, and the the uh, like I have some students. I'm a CFI. I teach aerobatics, so I have a student who's a, a five foot two, um, you know, petite girl. And she can't get the stick far enough forward in the Great Lakes to do a, a slow roll that, that works out well, right? We always yeah. 
we're coming out low and, and dishing out of it. And she needs we to find out. We have to like stuff cushions behind her back, and then she has to reach forward and grab the underside of the instrument panel and pull herself forward with her left arm so that she can get the stick far enough forward, right, to do this slow roll. You go fly the extra, and it's like you yeah, breathe you know, on you, it. You, you like flick. You you pop the stick with like a your fingertip, and it's like boom. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. What do you think? Are you flying? Uh, are you flying churches? Uh, yeah, I've been nice. working with Michael Church, and he's great. Um, yeah. you know, he he knows his stuff through and through and through. He does the spin training for the Air Force test pilots, and uh, just really good, really good instructor um, in the airplane. It's it's great. I recommend him, you know, to anybody in Southern California who uh, oh, needs absolutely. extra training. He's a legend. He's yeah. I mean, yeah. even for the midwing. Um, what? So, what do you think of the midwing overall? Oh my God, I get that. That's like a twenty-five-year-old extra, and you know, shit. there's now, yeah. But <laughs> holy shit, I am in love with that thing, man. It's I, fun, isn't it? I'll tell you what. Let me let me give you an example. Like in the Great Lakes, you want to do a hammerhead, right? You better circle off like nine hundred feet, and you know, you better be at VNE when you pull the vertical. In the midwing, we're flying out there. Our very first flight, Michael's like, you know, all right, let's let's do some aerobatics, and he's like, why don't you do a hammerhead? And we're just like at level cruise flight. We're not even at full power. And uh, he's like, why don't you fly a hammerhead? And I'm like, all right, you want me to dive? He's like, nah, just pull vertical. So we pull vertical. I like catch up on season five of Breaking Bad, answer some emails (laughs) and do my taxes, pivot, pull out, and I've gained 500 feet. Yeah. Pull the vertical, fill out a protest form, pivot. (laughs) 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 Yeah. As we're flying these figures, he's like, well, yeah, watch the climbing. We don't want to, we don't want to get up to the stratosphere. Ah, <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Yeah. They're fun, man. I, I think, uh, I'd be curious to see how that transition is, uh, to the panzel. Uh, I think it'll be easy. I think it'd be very easy. So, I hope, you know, I hope so. Yeah. Can I ask I you a serious question, Brian? Is there yeah. a reason why you decided to go to Michael church instead of MP aviation? Is it, or oh. is it just clearly skill? Yeah, it was mainly a convenience, you know, like Michael Church is a <laughs> an hour drive and, uh, and Mark Pollard, um, you know, I, that guy, he's, he's sketchy. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. He showed up and he was just polishing his helmets and his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had a crack right? canopy. I, you know, I just, you know. <laughs> just, just about, a sticker. He was rambling on about this guy, Jorge. <laughs> the acro exploder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Brian. We can't if, I, if I had lived closer to Mark, uh, I would have I would have flown with him in a heartbeat. I, I don't have any I don't have any qualms about his abilities. That's oh, that would have been blast. We would have had a blast. Yeah, yeah. Now I can come fly with you, and like I've already gotten all my shitty landings out of the way. So in theory, you know, like I wouldn't screw up your airplane. You know, it's it's good. Nobody Let's can it, land man. shittier than this Polish kid that lives in New Jersey. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Is that why you had to replace the gear? Hashtag I bet. I, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! No, I, I am. I'm a. I'm a mono wing convert. Uh, this is. Uh, it's. It's definitely high performance aerobatics. Is a different class, and I'm super excited to be moving into it. What are you going to do That's with the Great Lakes? Um. So here's the thing. I love the Great Lakes, man. And I, you guys probably don't know Howard Kirker, but he is a, a legend yeah. in the sport. He's out of my. He's. I flew. So. Oh his, right. Yeah. He used to live up by you. So he's. Yeah. I don't know where he is now. He used to be out of Livermore. Arizona. At one point, um, we had. So we had a Great Lakes at Attitude. I flew that for. Um. I, I don't know. I may, I have like maybe forty hours in the lakes. Yeah. Um. But we had we had two on leaseback at one point. Um. And then there was two others on the field. So there's four. 
and Howard's was one of them. Um, he, but uh, yeah, no, there's uh, super cool. And he's a, he's an assassin. Oh my God. That guy makes that airplane do stuff that I don't understand. Like <laughs> I, he has like a Jado bottle somewhere hidden in the tail uh, because I just don't understand how he, he makes it do what it does, but it, it is beautiful to watch him fly, you know, and you guys talked about like a couple episodes ago, the difference between, you know, watching another uh, high powered, you know, extra 330 act versus watching like a low powered. Um, it's just like a different character, right? And, and yeah. Howard makes it just so flowy and beautiful and perfectly presented all the time. Yeah, it's just a joy it. to watch him fly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No, that his, I'm sure his flying with smoke would be a phenomenal mm, uh, yeah. act, air show act. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and and awesome he is airplane. the, he is the nicest guy you are ever going to meet in, in IAC. There's like, like he, it's him and Matt Dumphy, man. He's just right up there. Uh, just super, super nice. We'll give you advice. Uh, whatever you need him to do. Like if you put him in a volunteer role, it, there's not a one whine or complaint. He's like, cool, I'm in, you know, and he's, he's like 70 something now, you know, he's getting up there. Uh, but whatever you need done, he's on board. That's he's cool. Just, he, he is amazing. I love, he's, I love he's the regional Mike Lentz. Like if he's yeah. an intermediate, just <laughs> plan on getting second. <laughs> That's what it seems like anyway. And ne- yeah, so he wins hurt. intermediate all the time and he spots everybody 15 points per flight because he takes a break. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So that's 45 points off the board right there that Howard gives as free to everybody. Um, you know, and he still wins intermediate routinely. He's Perfect. he's just an amazing, amazing pilot. I love it. I love it. But yeah, cool. to answer the question, I don't want to get rid of the Great Lakes. Um, I, I'm trying to find a way to own two airplanes uh, because the Great Lakes is so much fun to fly. I like teaching in it. Uh, you cannot teach uh, air, new aerobatics in, in, a, in an extra. I'm convinced. It's like it's too easy. It's point and shoot. Like you, you wouldn't build good habit patterns um, or good energy management or any of it you know, if, if you learn in, in that airplane. You know, yeah, it's funny. I've talked to people about that. Like you, you certainly you miss – you completely skip – the foundation by doing it that, that way. But my argument or my, my conundrum is how bad is that if you get good and you don't need that foundational floor, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the difference just, between you a guy that can out, fly right? aerobatics in like one specific type or a guy that can jump between any airplane, you know, like Sean Tucker, you put him in anything um, and he'll make it, he'll make it do amazing stuff. And that's exactly what it is. Cause they, they know that they, they understand the why. Whereas, yeah. I think it highlights itself in the upper categories. Like you can get away with a lot in advance and intermediate, but once you get to unlimited, you got to get back to flying with energy and you don't learn mm-hmm. that unless you flew some type of underpowered airplane in the, in the beginning. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I also think everybody should struggle like I struggled, uh, you know, and fall out of some dues, baby. run out of energy. And, you know, it makes for a, it makes for a better pilot in the long run. I'm I still, I'm still I... waiting on the long run to come, but uh, eventually maybe it'll get here someday. <laughs> I'm told. It's a very, very long, it's, it's, you know, it's a long run, a long ways away. Maybe. Oh my God. Yeah. How, how funny was that, that, uh, that Facebook thing today with Mark Cunningham when his wife was videotaping him watching. Dude. <laughs> like, did you see what I posted? That was so funny. <laughs> what him or me? Both. You're uh, the you're, boy. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> One. Cause I'm always a Kenny powers fan. Uh, Love Kenny. Freaking super relevant. Um, <laughs> 
That's so funny. I feel how, like you, like, how many hours? How many hours in the midwing do you have now? And how close are you to flying the Panzel, or have you flown it already? No. So Gray, um, the guy that owns Panzel, is also a coach. I've worked with him a long time. Uh, he's he's one of our coaches, and um, he's down in Mexico right now. He comes back up uh, a couple days into October. So we are going to get together and teach me to fly the Panzel or I'm going to learn to fly the Panzel by myself because it's a single seat airplane uh, in the like 12 days before this contest and, you know, make a decision if I'm safe and competent enough to fly intermediate in the Panzel in the contest. And, uh, you know, if I don't feel confident, then I'll, I'll probably just fly the Great Lakes and, and suck, you know, way down at the bottom. Uh, I'll bookend Howard Kirker. It'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, like, I remember from flying the great lakes, like it's such a safe airplane. It feels so oh, safe. It's beautiful. And then, yeah. Um, I, you know, I haven't flown a Panzel, but the extras are, are feel, they feel relatively safe too. Cause they are, but like, you know, you go like to a pits or something like that, where like the airplane can depart so much easier and do mm. really weird things. Yeah. I would imagine that's probably more closer uh, to a Panzel than, um, how an extra would be. So it's, it's I don't a know. Big... Gray is Gray has said that you know flying the extra will be good training for the Panzel. That you know because he used to teach in this extra at Sunrise. Um, so he's okay. a bunch of time in in the midwing and and various extras. And he says it's a a pretty good um, approximation. I talked to Aaron um, McCartan about it. You know, and and I talked to Jim because he's flown the the Stodicher, Stodikers, um, You know, so I got some input from all these guys, and and they said yeah, this should be a pretty good transition for you. Oh, uh, good because I'm. Super, super interested in not becoming a smoking crater in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a that's just a good goal. That's a good general goal. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It should be like the mission statement of the IAC: Do not become smoking crater. Yeah. Don't plow into the ground. Yeah, don't be stupid. No, I'm, I'm super excited <laughs> for it. I, I really hope it comes together. And you know, the airplane. I've had airplanes break on the day of a contest before. Ugh. All that. So hoping none of that happens. But. Knock on yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, well, hopefully the termites don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's giving you the finger right now. <laughs> so, uh, so on that note, that's a good segue. Uh, but I do still want to very much talk about um, the latest stuff, um, kind of post-national oh, yeah. uh, fallout stuff. But do oh, we yeah. want to talk about the contest first, or or that? Up, oh, we can go either way. I like to leave on a positive. All right, let's cool. let's let's get into the drama and then we'll end on the positive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, like I said, I've been emailing the board back and forth, and I've spent some time today talking to some of the directors, um, you know, and and I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. That is not my intent. I think that uh, everybody who's at the IAC, right, we're all here by choice and and volunteer like nobody gets paid, you know, and I think that um, everybody that volunteers and and contributes is uh, t- that's to be lauded, right? But I, I think that sometimes some people make decisions that, that we don't agree with, right? And that doesn't mean that they're like bad people or they're incompetent or they're evil or malicious, right? It just means that they made a choice or a decision that, that we didn't like. And I think that we as the general membership of the IAC, that's what the voting is for, right? We say, hey, listen, yeah. you're a super awesome person and a great pilot, but we're going to put some people in that place that are going to make some decisions we like better. And I think that's kind of the root of, of what I'm going for. And, and the way I got involved in this is I saw what, uh, Justin Hickson, one of our directors, you know, that protest he filed against Brit. And I said, well, I don't 
I don't like that protest. I, I wouldn't have filed that protest. That, that is not a decision I would have made. And I don't, you know, that's not to say Justin's a bad dude or yeah. is evil. Like that, that, that's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying that decision I disagree with. And then, you know, um, Debbie was the chairwoman of the jury. And if you're the chair of the jury, part of your job is to like guide the jury's decision-making process and say, listen, you know, here's the context. Here's what we, you know, the rules that are relevant. Let's see if we can't come to a, a fair um, conclusion. And I don't think that was done in this case. And I think, um, therefore that, that Debbie made some, some bad decisions at, at this contest. And I know that she's like one of the sports luminaries, man. She's forgotten more about aerobatics than I'm ever going to know. Right. Like I'm just this stupid kid from San Diego talking way above his pay grade. Um, but because of that, I, I started looking at some of our, our rules and bylaws and, you know, well, how do we, what's the accountability process, right? Like when do terms expire? When can we maybe sit these people down and say, Hey, listen, these decisions, they weren't right for the IAC. They weren't right for the situation. Let's do better. And as part of that, I noticed that, um, and I don't know if you guys know this, but we have 15 board of directors members and two of them are appointed by the board of directors right? They vote. They have a vote just like everybody else, but two of them are, are appointed by the board. So the board gets to like pick two wow. of its own members. I must which... really suck because I ran for director and I didn't get it. <laughs> Fuck. You're not making me feel better, Brian. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> God damn it. They, nobody likes me. <laughs> Fuck. Uh. God, sure, want a panzel? Just buy my SC. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I kind of saw that, and I was like, "Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Why?" Because if you think about it, like then those two directors, they don't necessarily vote the way the membership wants them to vote. They're going to vote the way their boss wants them to vote, and their boss is the rest of the board. You know, like the majority of the board, they're appointed them. And if they do something we don't like, like in this case, you know, Justin, I d I don't like that protest. So um, I was interested in like, how do we, you know, change Justin's behavior so this doesn't happen again? Because this isn't this isn't who we are as the IAC, I don't think. Um, you know, you can't vote him out. To get him out, you got to get the rest of the board to kick him out. And nobody wants to do that, right? Like, you're not going to go to your coworkers and be like, hey, man, um, guess what? You're fired. Like, no, we don't like conflict. There's not, that's like, an unfair. That's an unfair ask of the board. Yeah. You know, it's just nobody wants to be a dick that way, you know, so they're more likely to say, ah, yeah, we know that wasn't good. Or, you know, moving away from Justin, like just imagine somebody who's just not a good director and they're like, yeah, you know, that's whatever we'll, we deal with it, you know, because nobody wants to have the conflict. And so my proposal is very simple. What I told the board is, listen, I want to change these two seats so that they're just directly elected by the membership, just like the other seats. You know, there's no reason that the board needs to appoint two people. Um, the board represents the general membership. So the general membership should just vote people onto the board. And do you uh, know, do you know where this came from originally? Do you know the origin of I do. why? Yeah. So okay. the board, Can you explain um, that? they kind of thought that it would be a good idea to have some flexibility to appoint directors who maybe had a skill set that we really needed. So like, imagine like a, a dude that's, or a girl that's super good with PR and the board decides, Hey, we really need her skill set. Um, so let's make her a member of the board and she can, you know, put input and, and have all that and, and really help us out. Uh, or like web programming, right? Maybe we need an IT guy. So we'll, we'll put him on the board and that's, you know, that's not, that's not bad reasoning, right? But 
those people shouldn't have a vote because they weren't they weren't elected by the membership, so they shouldn't be able to speak for the membership, right? They might be members of the board that can come and sit in meetings and like offer input and be like, "Hey, I wouldn't do that." You know, maybe don't post the uh, the dick pic on the IAC Twitter account. That's probably not going to go over well. PR one hundred and one, uh, you know, and and have some input, but they shouldn't be representing voting on behalf of members when they weren't elected by the members. Does that like? Am I that's way fair. out in left field? No, yeah. no. I feel like that's a fair. Uh, uh, that's that's a fair. Comparison. I honestly didn't know about this. <laughs> I gotta be. <laughs> Well, Jeff's uh, like, well, yeah. I wouldn't have fucking run if I could just get appointed on yeah. board. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this speaks to like that level of like education and, and becoming aware of a lot of this stuff. This is we're in a really good time to become more educated on why do we have fifteen board members, by the way? That seems like too many for yeah. a four thousand yeah. member base group. I think the uh the basic idea is they wanted to have some equal representation between all the regions, and we got enough regions, you know, that it makes sense to have like a, uh, like if we only had five people on the board, then we couldn't represent all the regions, you know? Yeah. So at that, that point, that's got to be like the electoral college then. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah. how many, I mean, it's, it's Aaron in Iowa. California gets 12, Texas gets two. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, yeah, see where gets one. Where do swing States? Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so I've been emailing the board and I was like, listen, this doesn't make sense. We got to fix this. And uh, my proposal is, uh, so here's the process. We got to get a petition signed by 100 members in good standing that proposes the change we want to make to the bylaws. And my change that I want to make is, hey, they're, they're, we call these things class four directors. If you read the bylaws, super dry reading. Uh, unless unless you get Lee to read them. Like if we could get Lee, oh, get Lee Audio to book. record the bylaws and yeah. then everybody put- would be on board. Yep. We can get him to read it and then have it on Audible for like six bucks. Dude, yep. money. Can yeah. we get Lee and Donji to read it? Yes. <laughs> anyway, so we call these like two appointed directors, class four directors. And my proposal is super simple. We just make them class one and class two directors, which are, are the normal like, hey, we vote on them every two years. The only difference between class one and class two is like class one gets elected in odd years and class two gets elected in even years, right? So you just split them. You put one in class one, one in class two, and say, just vote. And and then the people that are currently class four directors, which are Bob Freeman and Justin Hickson, we just grandfather them in for a term. And we say, hey, listen, you know, um, you're already there. So congratulations. You're still, you still got a job. But next time, you know, you're going to stand for election just like Jim and Rob and Britt and Sarah and all the rest of the directors, you know? And I, yeah. I think that's fair. It makes intuitive and sense to me. To be clear, just so everybody knows, this isn't to oust Bob Freeman and Justin Hickson. It's no, merely no. to make those positions electable positions. Yeah. Right. I think if you were being a dick, you'd be like, and you're, you're once this gets passed, you're void of, of the board until you get elected. Like that would be a dick move, but like, yeah. like finish a term. So like they, Bob Freeman and Justin Hickson, they get to keep just going. They don't have to get voted every other year or whatever the heck they just get to stay. So- they get a two-year term, which their terms expire this November, I believe, but the board can just renew them, right? It can say, yep, here's another two years. So you could you could get somebody that has a cushy seat on the board that never has to answer to the membership, right? And in this case, I personally would not vote for Justin Hickson to represent me on the IAC board, but I'm just one voice, right? And what I'm saying is, 
there may be a lot of people out there that think he's the perfect guy, right? And and that's awesome. I'll submit to the majority if that's the majority opinion. But I think it's fair to say, hey, let's put that to a vote because I think there are at least a few other people that kind of look at the situation with him and Debbie and go, man, that is not the way I would have done that. I really wish you know that we could have somebody there that would make different decisions. And I think that majority should have an should have a chance to to say that you know to have that input at our leadership level. Um, so that's what I want to see happen. And, and that is going to happen hopefully with Debbie, cause she's a class one director. She has to answer to the, uh, general membership, um, you know, and, and convince them that, uh, she's the right person to, to lead us forward and make good decisions. Yeah. And, you know, if the majority say, yep, you're our girl, that's fine. But I, I think that I don't understand why we're exempting two board members from that process. I gotta be honest. I, I think it's really, it's starting to ir- be irritating too it's like there's obviously there's two sides not two sides of a story there's there's two groups there's there's you know jim burke and and you know he won president and there's the people who supported jim burke and then there's a group of people that did not support jim burke and i'm just tired not i don't want to sound like like i'm tired of it but it's like come on like can we is it really this hard to like we all love aerobatics we all love flying like that's that's ninety percent of the battle, in my opinion. Why can't we just fucking work this shit out and not have all this under like everybody was at the banquet at nationals and no fights broke out? So why are we being phony at nationals in in person? Wait, 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 and wait, wait, wait. Then, nobody tackled AJ at nationals. No, <laughs> AJ Jesus. wasn't there. He left. <laughs> wow, I shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe. Oh, never would have called that one. No, why would a guy leave? Just spend a hundred grand yeah. on trying to make the team. Um, <laughs> no big uh, deal. No big deal. Um, yeah, but like it's like everybody loves aerobatics. So like, like why do we have to have this like, you know, like uh, I don't know what other term like under table like talking shit or whatever behind everybody's back when we're not together and when we're together we're like oh and you know this so this cool prop award goes to and it's like everybody's like thank you yeah. well like. If you're gonna like hate on one another, fucking hate in person. Like just yeah. and hate, I, just hate, and I, like that's fine. I don't fine. have any problems doing that, but I, I want to be really clear. Like I'm not calling Justin and Debbie uh, no. bad people. I'm know? just saying and, as, as a whole, like the the IAC, yeah. like yeah. The, just because like somebody like obviously some people like Siva and some people don't like that's fine, but it doesn't mean like you have to hate somebody else's fucking opinion on it. Like yeah, just fucking yeah. chill. You know, it's just an opinion. We also think, like flying uh, aerobatics. That's good. I think the ship with Jim Burke has has kind of sailed, right? Because we put Jim Burke in a position of leadership, and look what's happened. Like the membership's growing. National Aerobatics Day was blow away. Uh, there's four competitors coming to Borrego first time, new to aerobatics, just because of that event, right? We have new ideas, um, like National Aerobatics Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just he has been put. It, he has put the IAC on a great path, right? And I think that that speaks for that general idea, which is, Hey, let's get some people on our leadership team that can help Jim and Rob, who's the new vice president, you know, move us further down this path. Let's, let's, let's like level up and and keep going, you know? Um, and I think that that's what I want to see. And I think that the membership should have the right to vote their entire board and fill it with people who are going to put us where we want to go, you know, and continue that success. Yeah. And there's also, you know, Jim, Jim is one guy, um, whether you like him or not, but you know, a lot of ideas or proposals that come, you know, that maybe Jim's idea or somebody who aligns himself with Jim, you know, it still has to pass through board. So, you know, 
some people complain, oh, there's not enough getting. It's like, well, there could be some stuff going on at the board meeting where like it's just it's getting stuck in in paperwork or discussion. And, and that's why it's not really moving forward. It's not really, you know, rainbows and sunshine with that kind of thing. Well, yeah, that was my I'm, whole thing. That was my whole thing with with Justin's protests. It was like, you know, I don't agree. I, I, I told him I've told everybody I, I told Britt I, I I told this podcast. I don't agree with him, his decision to do it, but I don't blame him for the fallout. You know, it's that it, there's a whole process. It, no one person can do that much damage in the IAC or mm. that has that much influence or had, you know, there's people that have p- power and maybe too much power. But, you know, we kind of saw that this took multiple people mo- and multiple steps um, to kind of get what we got yeah i don't know i mean even cool. even with that like you know obviously somebody who's going to protest is going to pro like you have every right to and that's fine i just to me <laughs> we're all adults like if you see somebody doing something that you feel is dangerous go have a conversation like why can't we just have a conversation yeah are you saying if you see something say something kind of well i am from new york yeah. so yeah okay <laughs> all right yeah no, i agree <laughs> I I would have I would have reported that safety violation if Brit was like six seconds from chopping up a grandma, right, or you know, like a little kid. But um, if the context Brit, of if the Brit situation, if Brit got thirty six inches within Hawaiian shaved ice, I would have threw her out at a contest. That's about <laughs> it. I mean, people are one thing. You can't replace Tiger's blood syrup. Yeah, there's only so much of that to go around. Yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, I, I, but I think this is this is a great highlight of just kind of like, you know, the democratic process of of rule changing and and you know, and ex- if you just if exercise you follow, the process, you know, of, of in the a specific as, case as, of, you know, as an organization going by the rule book and and DQing or whatever the heck or protesting, um, you know, rules are rules and it's one of those things like you you live by the sword, die by the sword. So like, you know, in your case, you're going to rule book right now and you're saying, okay, this class four director position, like maybe you should be a member and you're following the rules. So like you can't get mad at per se, you, like nobody can get mad at you who was in favor of this protest in, in actuality. Right. I mean, that's just kind of how I see it. I mean, they get mad at me. Um, I got a thick skin, so yeah, you know, well, that's good. But I mean, s- I'm just me saying like, you can't, you can't follow the rules and then somebody else is following the rules and now you don't like it. So now you get pissed. It's like, no, like you can't have it both ways. Yeah. So like, you know what? It is what it is. Like, you know, like I said, I mean, would you be, let me ask you a question, Brian. Like, would you be doing this, um, petition thingy if nationals was completely 180 degrees better? No, you know, absent the drama that happened to nationals, I don't think there would have been an incentive for me to do this. I never would have looked at the bylaws and noticed there, this. this there would have been no smoke or fire. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I, I think like I told a friend that I was doing this earlier today and he was like, wow, that sounds like a bunch of politics. I'm going to go fix my avalanche, you know, and I was I get that, you know, like nobody really likes dealing with this stuff. But I, there's two things about that. One we're a small club, right? There's 4000 members and only a handful of them vote. So if you vote. And, and make your voice heard, like you carry a lot of weight, you know, think about it. This is probably like a few hundred people, like 300 out yeah. of that 4,000 are going to decide elections and stuff. Right. So, you know, your vote really does carry some weight. And if you, if you like what's been happening with the IAC and I really do, I think we're, we're really, uh, kicking on all cylinders, um, firing. It's actually firing on all cylinders. And they I saw Jeff Petroselli's name on the ballot and they were like, fuck 
no. <laughs> <laughs> We're finally going in the right direction. Can't let this uh, asshole in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe there'll be some vacancies soon. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you like what's been going on, you should. You know, you don't have to, like, get down in the trenches and light cars on fire and, you know, have protests about it. But, hey, just pop on social media and say, yeah, you know, I, I don't think these decisions were good. Or, you know, when the petition is there, sign it, you know, put your IEC number there and say, yeah, you know, let's get some more people like Jim and Rob involved so that, you know, we're, we're it's a smoother path forward and, and we can, you know, I'll be honest, go into a new era. I would love to see some, like, try to get the really younger generation, like the 25 and under generation to run for a board oh, seat, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and get their pulse on it because that's, I mean... If we keep out, you know, I don't want to get into it. Everybody knows where I'm going to go with that. But like, it'd be nice to get some fresh ideas because I don't know what these kids. I mean, I was telling Mark I was slinging some pumpkin spice lattes all day today to the girls in boots. <laughs> but you know, um, I don't really know what they want and what they need and and what would attract them to a club. So it'd be nice to to have an actual person within that you know uh, focus group, I guess, or yeah. uh, target market um, to do it. So yeah. Anyway, so I've uh, I've I've put that out there, and to his credit, Bob Freeman, the other class four director, the other appointed director, um, I have heard that he supports you know converting it to an elected position, which is great. You know that's exactly what you want. Um, if you believe in your track record and and your decisions, then you should have no problem going before the membership and saying, "Hey, listen, look at this. Here's what I've been doing. Um, I'm ready to to keep us going. You know, vote for me." And I think that's that's fair and intuitive, and everybody understands it. So I think we should move to that 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 arrangement. What do you think would happen if Mark got on the board? Oh Jesus Christ! Greatness, just just a bunch of greatness. My, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, we got some rules. <laughs> it'd be it'd be bad news for glider pilots everywhere. Oh yeah. First order of business. <laughs> Let's get those whistly pieces of shit out of here. <laughs> All in favor? Uh, All in favor, say ma. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I don't know, but that's that's the uh that's the IEC political intrigue. Um you know. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's interesting. So this um so next process is to get 100, 100 uh, signatures from good standing members and then what it gets voted on in the uh, November meeting? Uh so then like the 100 signatures forces the board to put it to a vote for the whole membership and then the whole membership has to vote on the uh the amendment to the bylaws whether they're for or against it right it's just a yay nay and then uh if a majority vote for it the bylaws are amended um as described in in the petition um, so what I'm going to do is put that together for Borrego and Borrego, dude, like the, the Southern California classic, this contest, I, there were 72 power pilots at nationals, right? We're pushing 50. So we're like three quarters, the size of nationals. That is awesome. We should try to pump those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. We got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Is there any way to get, uh, any kind of filming, uh, for dude? Oh man. While we were on the podcast here, Jim Burke texted me and said, you should get somebody to film the flights like nationals. And I'm going to, I'm going to call up Forrest and ask him how he did it. And I'm going to see if we can do it in Borrego. Hell yeah. Uh, let me know. We, uh, and if we can help, uh, whether it be financial or otherwise, let us know. Like, Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. I, the, I really, I just, I cannot say enough good things about, 
uh, what yeah. Forrest and, and Lori were, were doing. I, I really, um, I loved it. And I think yeah. if every, I'd watch every regional contest. It'd be like, Hey man, if I'm not doing anything or if it's a contest, I really want to see, I'm going to make the time. When's the contest? I, I really enjoyed it. October 22nd and 23rd practices oh, the 21st. I got a yeah. wait. I got honestly I have a wedding that day. Um, is, is that even an excuse? No. <sighs> yeah. It's what? my partner. This is why you're not on the board. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Oh, snap. He's clearly. Just a failure. Get him. Just a failure. Um, we well, can tell comment. us about the contest. Yeah. Oh, wait. Tell us about Metallica showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it Foo Fighters? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was Coldplay. Uh, Coldplay. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, they got bumped. Metallica seems like a better get, though. I think I'm going to get Metallica. Uh no, so you know, I I had some fun with the contest listing. We're That's not awesome. actually Bravo. We're not actually going to have. Oh, yeah. I don't want any protests. Like expected, Coldplay got nothing. You Zero know. flight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Zero, you're known. <laughs> uh, no, it's not that. But uh, I am doing some stuff. Like we're going to have a uh, on Friday night. The there's a restaurant on the field now that's open again. It was closed for many years. Uh, but it's open again and they're putting together a party on Friday night with a live band going to start like three, 4 PM. They're inviting the whole town. The Borrego chamber of commerce is, uh, kind of like promoting the event, getting the whole town out there. So we'll have like a little audience and we're going to fly the four minute freestyles Friday night, uh, instead of Saturday. So it's, it's going to be like a party with the town, a little air show at sunset and, uh, should be a real good time. And then we're going to try to have like, I, I want to make it more of an ambiance. So that what I noticed is like the last time we did this, we played some music on Saturday, you know, while the contest was wrapping up and that was really cool. So we're going to have like a loud system. I'm going to just play music the entire time. Yeah. It also gives me like a microphone to yell at people who are not where they're supposed to be, which there's always fucking somebody who's not where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, so Do you guys I'm get really a lot of spectators there. We, you know, pre COVID we used to, yeah, the town used to come out and we do a cool thing. So on practice day, and the day before we, uh, we get some pilots in one seventy twos and, you know, like Cherokees, um, come out and do young Eagle rides. That's, right. So we take the, cool. the kids from the school down the road, they come out, they get a free flight, you know, they go up with a the pilot, they get to experience flying. And, uh, that really helped us like build relations with the town, you know, cause well, let's face it, we're a, we're a bunch of noise and, you know, stuff that's can be kind of annoying. Um, but doing that kind of really helped us build a rapport with the community and, you know, we want to be part of the community. We, we don't want to just be these assholes that show up twice a year and, and ruin a couple of weekends. Um, you know, so we do that and some other community outreach stuff. So yeah, we usually get some good turnout. COVID put a damper on that, you know, couldn't do the young Eagles flight the last two contests. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to do it this time just cause you know, there's still restrictions in place, but, uh, hopefully we'll get back to that for the next one. Maybe you could do like a thing with like the gliders, like, you know, like and the, <laughs> you could do like, you know, in the fair where you got the hammer and you hit the thing and the, the thing would go up <laughs> so you can like hit one side of the wing and see how high the other side of the wing goes up. Hit the main spar to see how total you can make it. Yeah. Uh, like, come, come over here, little Johnny. Let's hit it. <laughs> Grab this mallet. Uh, it's great. All right. Swing back, kick the glider pilot first and then hit the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we haven't gotten a single hate anything about the gliders. We've Dude, talked the, shit about the, gliders for the, the last Air couple Force, The Air Force Academy that does the gliders is just going to bomb our houses one day. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. Uh, you're just going to look outside and see like a formation of gliders coming towards you. Oh, look at that. My street's got napalm. 
They'd have to no, tow their tow plane at their ass over here to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and the the biggest thing is uh, for the first time ever, we're offering prize money and not like a uh, twenty dollar Amazon gift card for Lee's audio, you know, erotica novel. Uh, it's actually, you know, three hundred fifty dollars plus um, okay. for every well, everybody think, top three in every category. We get a lot of people from around the country. It sounds ridiculous, but they do listen from around the country. How do you get prize money? Because maybe some people are thinking their local contest should have prize money. How did you go about that? Dude, you got to. So this is a joint contest with 36 and 49. And you got to ask AJ because AJ is the guy that got the sponsorships. Okay. Uh, so, so he's running the prize money. Um, I'm just promising it to people. And I'm hoping AJ, you know, shows up. I'm hoping he hasn't like quit aerobatics because otherwise... <laughs> My checkbook is going to be a little lighter after the contest, uh, but you know. somebody has to protest this flight and zero it as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick a protest up there. You have to promise me you'll do that. Air traffic control is really <laughs> pissed. You have to put that as the reason. Yeah, uh, really pissed, man. I almost, I really want to. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I also had a great idea. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do it, so I can ruin the joke now. But I was going to. Markle, Markle, love this. I know on the last podcast you said you're a sensitive soul, uh, but I'm, I'm having a little fun at your expense. I was going to get a bunch of ribbons printed up that said the Mark Pollard participation ribbon uh, <laughs> and hand it out. I was going to hand it out to every single contestant who showed up in flu. You know what? I was. I can't like. I can't like this more. Yeah, I actually There's no gotta, possible way I can, Mark, I, I can like this idea more. Pollard, I got a better idea. I think that what you should do is because you guys, you probably already do it, but whoever runs around the contest the most, like the the hardest working volunteer, get like some big ass thermometer, you know, and just label it the Mark Pollard participation trophy for hustling and working hard because he won't show up in the heat. <laughs> Uh, I love it. You have to you have to make it always say 72 degrees though. <laughs> no matter how hot it is, it's always 72. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> no, but it 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 really it it should be a a, a great time. We've got uh That's going to uh, be a great turnout. Yeah, I, I, I what I really love about it is we have 10 new competitors. Like first time brand new to aerobatics. I love doing that. You That's know, awesome. nationals it's it's really heavily weighted towards the upper categories, right? Twenty advanced, thirteen unlimited. Um, the the regionals, I think, is is where we it's the bread and butter, man. Yeah. Is where we introduce yeah. people, get them booked, um, you know, show them what we are and and who we can be and and why it's so much fun to come hang out with everybody uh, and meet all of these like Howard Kirker and and AJ and the team members and all this stuff. Mark, how far away is that from the Bay Area? I could probably I'd I'd have to do a fuel stop. Oh, I think I, I don't think I could squeeze it out on one. That'd be that'd be really tight. Was it like three hundred fifty nautical, four hundred, uh, something like that? That's not too I'd bad. Have to on, I'd love to look on four flight. It's not. It's not too bad. It's it's. It might even be. Honestly, it might even be three hundred miles or something like that. But I've got fifteen gallon wing tanks. Oh, with the big dog oh, eat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if 20, you can, we'd love to have you. I mean, even if you don't fly the contest, just come down and hang out. Uh, That's I'd love what to meet I was you thinking. Yeah, don't fly. You suck at flying. Oh, my God. Just come hang oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fly. <laughs> 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 um, no, I, let me see. What, are, what are the dates again? Uh, so practices. <laughs> 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 it's so full of shit. 
<laughs> practice is October 21st and then the 22nd and 23rd. Coldplay shows up on the 24th. I love I'm going to check my I'm checking my airline schedule right now to literally see if I'm if I'm working or not. Oh, look at that. I'm just, booked. Just land the land the Airbus at Borrego. Right? <laughs> Declare I, an emergency. Be like, we have to get on the ground. I could do anything once. I could do that once. I, I could do that. <laughs> and get fired. Be the best DQ in history. You know what? I can't go. So <laughs> no, so so I'm working, but the twenty first and the twenty second, I have San Diego overnights. Fuck yeah. We are so right I, next door. I might. Hell, I could probably send somebody to chauffeur you to the contest. Like oh, not in, not not, not, your hopes not in like a private jet. It'll probably be an open cockpit biplane. No, it'd have to be now 152 air about. You're, you're really <laughs> speaking my language now. Um, dude, let's let's. Um, dude, we, we might be able to. I, yeah, I think I could probably make it out there. I, I even if you just times. make it for like, um, you know, Saturday afternoon, the banquet. award ceremony, yeah, the that kind of stuff. The way to do it. that's honestly the funnest part for me. I love the flying and, uh, you know, all of that, but man, that award ceremony, like you just get to meet, you get to see sides of people that, you know, like seeing AJ having fun and laughing and going back and forth with Dumphy. Um, just stay away you know, from you, AJ, like keep distance. <laughs> he he might you. have anger issues yeah. after, uh, may try to bite your nose off. Ask me how yeah. I know. Rightfully so. <laughs> nah, it, w- it would be a blast to have you out there for sure. That would be fun, dude. That would be fun. Okay, we're gonna we'll uh, we'll talk as it gets closer because uh, I'm you know worst case scenario I could do. How long is it a drive? Like a couple hour drive if I had to drive it? Yeah, it's about two hours. You know, if you rent a car and, and drive out there, it's about two hours. It's not. It's a super pretty drive though. Uh, real, real, real nice. Uh, yeah, drive yeah. through the mountains there. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, dude. Ooh. All right, I might actually do that. That actually that'd be really that'd fun. be great. Yeah, because this this is how you know. Granted, it hasn't gone up. So I, I would say this is how a contest should should be. But if there's like four protests, it's going to be a real problem after after all that yeah. nationals I might get into your um, schedule. No, but, <laughs> uh, the, you know, just seeing the format of the of the contest like this is this is how it should be done. This is hopefully, how you know, be. it's uh, it's definitely new. And um, I've gotten some feedback from some people, you know, like asking the unlimited guys to fly their freestyles Friday night kind of eats into like the time they would be learning the uh, the unknown and stuff. So there's some trade offs. But I think overall, like the publicity in front of the town is is worth it. And quite frankly, I don't fly unlimited. So, uh, you know, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> I, I have a big question for you. I, and I don't know if you can say this publicly. But um, has a certain Samuel Mason registered for the four minute? Oh my God! You know, I texted that that mm, I texted him, and he was like, "I'm not, I'm not planning on coming right now." And I was like, "How can I change your mind? I got eighteen thousand dollars." And he was like, "I'll think about it." <laughs> Pay him money. Don't get <laughs> maybe not the whole eighteen. That's that's pretty steep. But you know, like like six hundred bucks. And like a, you know, Taco Bell or something. Dude, I would, I would love to have Sammy come. Uh, I have reached out to him. What I need is for like all of you guys, you two, and then like the listeners to just like text him in mass and be like, you must be at Borrego. You Done. need to go. Everybody, everybody get on your Facebook messenger, message Sammy right now, tag him, tag him on Instagram, get him out there for the four minute. Yeah. The only thing like, I can uh, think is like he's uh, uh, I don't know how much edge time he has, but he did he did just get the edge, and I don't know if he wants to fly a freestyle 
in the edge with, you know, only a limited amount of time in it. But even if he flew like the pits, I don't know, his pits had like metal in the engine or something. Yes. Uh, it's fine back. now. He's doing the air. Sh- he's doing Huntington Beach this weekend. Oh, is he? So he, he got it back. back. Yeah. yeah. Even if he flew that, you know, like if he didn't have enough time in the edge to be comfortable, um, I'd love to get him out there. He's probably doing a photo shoot with Goulian Holland, Chapman, <laughs> Chambliss. Like who else can who else can he add? Yeah. To these air to airs. Man, I I uh I watch his um his videos on YouTube, you know, like his snap exercises where he just does, you know, three quarter left, half right, quarter, you know, just all these different snaps. Doesn't it make you want to throw your fucking computer? Holy God, he nails all of them. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating. They're just like, they're perfect. Have you seen the video of him landing a pits while looking backwards? I have not. That seems unwise. Well, it so it sounds it sounds dangerous, but then you watch him do it and you're like, <laughs> oh, Landing the pits isn't that bad. I think he wheel landed it. No, he definitely wheel landed it. And he was looking backwards while wearing an airline pilot uniform. Oh my god! <laughs> no, he's the he is the worst. He's no, it's you, so you have frustrating. To, you have to guilt him into coming. That would be super fun. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot him a text. We don't have to dude. guilt him in. We need to like, have something there for him to want to go to it. I feel That's like probably a bucks. more likely to be successful approach. And it doesn't have to be monetary. Maybe it could be like, maybe, maybe you do puppy. I don't even understand how you're not on the board because that was such like a reasonable professional suggestion. I was like, Hey, we should bribe him $18,000. And you're like, no, we just need to give him an incentive. This is, it sounds like a Jim Burke comment. It does 60 bucks, 60 bucks and a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's. Mark and I ran a good campaign. Mark was my (laughs) campaign manager. Mark campaign managed me. And I don't even know why we lost. Did you, did you ask for a recall? I did not. Oh, we See? did it. There you go. There you go. That's what happened. You know, that's what happened right there. I'm going to say it was a, a corrupt election. That's I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get some ATC guy to protest it for us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to call up some guy. Tower. Yeah. No, I'm going to call up LaGuardia Tower and have them call the IAC. LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, um, you don't know me, but we had a director vote in the IAC and I just don't think it was legit. Can you just call this number? I'm going to give you a number to call. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Oh my goodness. Let the boy watch. (laughs) So Brian, what else else we, or Jeff, you too. Like what else do we have on the, uh, what else do we have on the docket tonight? Are we, we ran out of, uh, major stuff to talk about not really i mean he mentioned great lakes and i i don't know what happened after that i stopped listening and then um yeah that was wise yeah it was all downhill after the great lakes um (laughs) uh no um i'm gonna talk to aj about having to get money at contests because that's gonna be a big draw i think that's gonna make a little bit i don't want to say a big difference but i think it will make a difference in contests across the the country people try to implement that um, because Mark and I were talking, you know, even if it's like something silly, like we were going to do like these, like four foot by two foot bank checks for like $4 and 33 cents to the, uh, <laughs> advance winner or something like that. You know, just something funny like that. Like they need a draw. I think something yeah. fun to come in. Yeah. It can't just be like, all right, come to the contest and here's a uh, piece of pine wood, uh, that you won. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, thanks. I get it. But like, it's gotta be different. Cause it's not really. 
I gotta, my guts, I mean, not my gut, but like the first thing that comes to my mind with contests, it's, it's really not so much about the flying. Like you do want to do good, but you want to have fun and you want to like, kick back and, and, and hang out. And if there's nothing to do, you're probably not going to come back after three or four years. Yeah. I also think, you know, it's a, it's not, you're never, you're not going to make like a living at this, right? Uh, we can't do that, but you know, 300, $400, it puts a dent in the expense, you know, contests, they're, they're not cheap. There's just no way around that. You know, with hotel and fuel and oh, commute there. Oh, it's easy, thousand dollars. I mean, the hotel is usually three nights, so that's four, five hundred, and then yep. yeah, and the contest entry fee plus fuel for the contest three, four hundred. Yeah, fuel you to know, get so there. You put a you put a three, four hundred dent in that, and uh, it helps. You know, it's it's not everything, but you know, if you fly like four contests a year, that adds up. You win, you place in four contests there. Yeah, you know, that's a thousand fourteen hundred dollars. You know, somewhere in there that uh, that you wouldn't have otherwise had. That's twenty yeah. protests in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the juries you can bribe. Yeah, seriously. Gosh. Oh, good point. Good point. How do you get on the jury? I want to be. That's the other thing too. Is like, how do you become a jury member? Like, how so does, at, how does that get elected for nationals? Yeah. So the process is the uh, the chair person of the jury has to be approved by the IAC board of directors, and then the rest of the jury members are selected by the CD. At regional contests, the CD selects the jury members. Okay, so Doug Bartlett selected all of the jury members. Um, I don't know, you know, there's obviously, I'm sure that the board had input, you know, and approval and stuff, but I don't know for sure. That's just what the rule book says, right? It's in the policies and procedures. You know what would be a really good rule is obviously we're, we're, we're low on volunteers, but at nationals, the jury members, they should strive, not strive, but you have to like, um, get somebody from each region. And if there's not somebody Mm. from the Northeast region, then, you know, you, I don't know, draw a number to have a duplicate, you know, Southeast region, you know, but I like that a lot. They can't all be from, you know, Florida or wherever, you know? Yeah, I agree. Great. That's another director. This is why. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know why. I don't know why you're not on the board. It's really Mark's fault. We should appoint you. you. I hereby appoint you to the IEC board of directors. You are. It's a thing. You are now a class four. Yeah, I'm a class 7.5. I'm a 7.2. Yeah. Thank you. That's the least we can do. Thank you. Just show up. You just sit down at the meeting. Surprise. Surprise, hot face. <laughs> I, th- I think you're what actually allowed to do that. I think it's in the bylaws that anybody can attend the board meetings. Oh my god! I think it is too. Nobody yeah. gets. Seems n- like a totally conflict, drama-free place, though. You know, can't we, imagine. You it. know what we Better didn't talk about? And Mark, sorry, this is kind of like a. Well, you and Mark were talking about some California bullshit, and I can relate. But you're gonna have to sit this one out, Brian. But um, we haven't really been, you know, uh, shitting on massage at all. He's been getting a free pass. And I wanted to talk about how much he loves Aaron McCartan. Well, and the, and, and the NG. And the NG. <laughs> so, so we were talking, Brian, in this, in this chat, and we're, you know, Aaron flew the NG, and it's a really great airplane. It performs really well. And Aaron's really hyping it up, and he, Aaron did really good. And Mark goes, it's a great airplane, but, like, the MX-2 is, is just got more performance. 
and it was like you stole one of Massage's puppies away from him. He was so <laughs> <laughs> he was so hurt. He was like, "No, it's not." And and let me tell you something. Walter's going to come out with something even better. So you better just shove it. <laughs> Wait till you see the NG2. Wait till you see what they're going to engineer. And the interior is so much better, uh, man. Like, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> right? Uh, can, can I ask you guys a serious question, though? No. Do you, would you... I haven't... I, obviously, I'm just a peon from San Diego. I have not flown an NG. Uh, but, man, I feel super comfortable inside of a steel roll cage. Do you? Do you guys feel like you would miss that if you were just inside a carbon fiber shell yes i would miss it if i ever had to put the airplane down and you get all these carbon fiber shrouds sticking up at you and flinging at you and all that shit right yeah that's always been kind of my theory like if you keep the angle of impact small and you control the speed you're inside of a steel cage so hopefully you know you walk away yeah i mean look at mike mancuso i I look at yeah and and then you look at like Look at any time a glass air or a lance air goes in, what's left of it. It's it's not mm. pretty. Yeah. You know, um, some of these carbon fiber airplanes, they really, they just do not take impact well. How pissed you is know, Massage right brittle. now? Oh, he's, <laughs> he's in his McLaren, like throwing his Mueller watch or whatever he's wearing right now, just like out the window, like probably <laughs> screaming, like, just don't crash it. Don't crash it, assholes. Aaron said it was so much better. Aaron said. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron did have very high praise for the NG, which is very cool. Like, it sounds freaking awesome. But yeah, I, you know, I hate to say this, but we got to see one crash to see how how well it does in a crash. (laughs) That's horrible, man. Why would you even say that? Hopefully not for a long time. (laughs) Oh, maybe no. Put one of them in like the the crash test dummy things they do with cars. Just like throw it at a wall. That's literally what I meant. Like, I I, I didn't mean somebody had to crash it like literally, but like, you know, like like NASA impact test it like they used to do that, like one one fifty or something. So you can see kind of like what a what a carbon monocoque, you know, fuselage will actually withstand because I, I like honestly, i got a great like, idea I, I got a great idea i think uh i think fcs should buy an ng and do that test for uh the aerobatic community i think you guys Boy. should take that for the team well that's a i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't stoop to that level um <laughs> no we I mean, actually sure, let me know, let me tell so. you how biased massages and i'm sorry massage for picking on you but it's just overdue and it's fun um we asked i i asked them i go would you um rather have your keep your bit he's got a mid-wing 300 with a um with a grove gear um i said would you rather keep your mid-wing and fly that or sell it for one hundred eighty thousand dollars and buy a used game bird with low time for two hundred twenty thousand dollars he's like i would keep my my mid-wing i want my (laughs) mid-wing i don't want the game bird So yeah, he loves extras. He might love extras more than all of us. I I'm pretty in love, and I've only flown it for like five hours. He loves it so much, he just keeps on changing it and adding stuff to it, and he doesn't get to fly it. He just <laughs> he's taking it apart and changing it. <laughs> That's why it's the lowest time midwing. It flies. It flies two year two hours every other leap year. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Jupiter rotates the sun, he flies at 0.5. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Every every 1,000th 1, 1, rotation of the Starlink satellites in orbit, 
he he takes the airplane up for an hour. His great 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 grandchild will probably have to do the thousand hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh my god what are you doing kid you put another hour on it this year god all right let's take it apart <laughs> so like would you guys ever buy buy an ng then because you know like uh the the carbon fiber parts of previous extras were all life limited right like six thousand hours you're supposed to take it out of service the wing the tail and then you can like do an inspection and and keep going from there you know but like if the whole thing is made of carbon fiber, then eventually you're just supposed to say, all right, time to throw the airplane out. I would buy Versus- I would buy an NG if Luke Penner bought an NG and did what we said last podcast and did the interior and denim. <laughs> Fair. If he did that, I would be like, all right, I owe it to you. I'll get an NG. Uh, white NG with a giant ma- red maple leaf over the top of the wings. And then the inside the interior is entirely denim. Yeah, and I want the spinner. I want the propeller spinner to look like like Mark always says, like a Mountie hat. So when a prop stops, it's just his hat. It looks like a Mountie hat. What if he could the make prop like the prop, brown? What if we could make like the prop blades hockey sticks? Like if that was a a lot of shit. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I just fucking love where you're at right now. And then oh you know where the um what do you call that the uh, the sump the uh, where the oil comes out the breather tube out the back, just like sponsored by Aunt Jemima's. As it leaks oil, <laughs> it's a it's a maple syrup like tube from a tree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. To answer your question, so do the they life have rubber wheels, wheels in Canada, or we could do wooden wheels on his NG? It's on skis. It's on skis. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be on square wheels, like in South Park. Yeah, that's what they all drive in, in on Canada. Square wheels. Oh my god. Uh, so I would I would get an NG. The 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 life limited thing is kind of interesting. So extra will actually inspect. They'll inspect it at 6,000 hours and then either make a determination. We talked about uh, this with Eric extra. Uh, no air, no extra has ever been submitted to be looked at. So no no extra has reached its life limit. Huh. Um, churches is getting there. That thing's got like 4,000 hours on it, I think. Holy wow. shit. It's a high time midwing. So Susan Bells. That's another really high time midwing. Yeah, hers has like 38. It's I saw the listing because I was like, maybe I want to buy that. And uh, then I was like, but it's pink. And then I was yeah. like, I definitely want to buy that now. Yeah. <laughs> Real men. So by, the time, by the time you buy that and overhaul it and vinyl wrap it, you have a $250,000 early serial number, 4,000 total time extra. Hmm. I can't get Almost. over the panel. Really. It'll airplane. be less than that. The panel setup is just a little weird. It's a little weird. That's an early, gosh, what is that? Like serial number 11 or something? It's, it's a really early. It's pretty serial. down there. Yeah. Yeah. Being experimental yeah. and all that. Walter, all that jazz. Yeah. Walter Extra Jr. was born in that airplane. Yeah. That Her. was kind of the biggest drawback, though, is because it's experimental, I can't teach in it, you know? And like owning an extra is super, super cheap and very reasonable. So. Obviously, I don't need to teach in it to recoup expenses. Oh, Correct. yeah. yeah. No, I, that, I never teach in mine to offset the cost because, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Clearly, I called you up to get instruction and you were like, fuck off. I don't teach in my extra. Yeah, fuck I don't teach you. in it. Yeah. All I do is, all I do, is <laughs> do things that cost money in it. I don't do anything <laughs> that makes money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just it's... leave the fuel drains on so I can refuel it every time. Mm, yeah. You Could definitely do... want fresh gas. Could we do... Um... Very important. 
Could we do something funny for your contest? Could I feel like Mark and I need to get like a FCS poster and the two of us will sign it and then you can auction that off and see what it gets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get Matt we'll get Matt Dumphy and AJ to do a bidding war on it. It'll, we should really do we'll, that. Be like we'll be able to afford an extra NG, no problem. Blue skies, yeah. Mark Pollard, Jeff Petroselli. <laughs> Blue skies. <laughs> Just like when the board meets in November, you know, because they're going to vote to hopefully uh, put AJ on the team, which I think is obviously the correct solution. If they don't, fiasco. if they don't, I will I, mark my words. If they don't rescind my ISC membership. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. De- I'm actually yeah. dead serious. They, they mm-hmm. they've come on. Blue skies yeah. and no, protests. It's, it's right Mark Pollard but and I Jeff just, <laughs> I could just imagine like, you know, Jim calls up AJ and he's like, good news. You know, the board voted to put you on the team. And he's like, actually, uh, I can't afford the team anymore. I spent $400,000 on this fucking poster. From <laughs> yeah. Mark Pollard and Jeff. Worth it. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> keep, the shiny, keep the shiny side up. Jeff Petroselli. <laughs> Did you hear what I said uh, before? Blue skies what? and protests. Jeff Petro and Mark <laughs> <Pollard>. <laughs> I feel like we should get you know what you should auction as a joke for Brit, which would be funny. Get the protest against her or whatever like that and frame it and see what somebody I would I would bid on that. <laughs> oh my god, frame it. That would be funny. And that would make right that would make her feel better about it too. That would be funny. So we have uh Brit and I, we're we're good friends now, but uh when she started out, um I, I actually protested her at the tequila cup <laughs> in uh in That's 2018. Right. <laughs> That's right, you asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let, here's here. Hear me out, because I feel like I feel like you're gonna understand where I was coming from. This so, is the Cillaberti effect. Let me guess. Yeah. Split us. Protested <laughs> her, no, no. and now look what happened. So we go to the tequila cup, and there's you know gliders at the tequila cup, and it it was oh, my first gross. time seeing gliders, and you know for the first couple you're like, oh that's cool, and then the rest of them you're like, wow, we're still on the judging line. Uh, and at this particular one, like five pilots were sharing one Fox glider, right? And the flight line got messed up to the point where it was literally, cause I was on the judging line, I was judging. And, uh, it was literally like an advanced pilot would fly his sequence. The glider would go back to the airport land. They'd swap out the pilot, tow the thing up. And 30 minutes later, the next sequence would happen. So we were just roasting in the desert heat here all day on Friday. Like we went out to the line at 8 a.m. We came back. This is one flight line. We came back to switch the flight lines at like 2.30 p.m. That's disgusting. Right? right? Yeah. Dude. So I was out on the line all day that day and and Britt came uh, a day late to the contest. She showed up Saturday morning and to, you know, I was, I at the time was a little pissed because I had spent the day, you know, uh, doing all this with gliders and then flying in the afternoon, super sunburned and like sore and in windy, bumpy conditions. So I, you know, I talked to Jim and I was like, Hey, you know, what's going on here? The rule book says, if you show up after your first flight, they zero that flight, you know, and, and this kind of thing. And he was like, listen, you should consider filing a protest because that stuff filters up to IEC headquarters and, you know, they, they see it and they can establish trends. So I filed the protest and then, uh, you know, they overturned it. They, they didn't zero her first flight. Uh, those bastards. I, you know, I should have been like unsafe, unsafe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, we had, we had a little spat about that. Uh, but we're we're good friends now, and it's just it's funny because I've been dealing with uh, Brit's protests at nationals, and I told her, well, you know, the bright li- the bright side for me is that Dave Watson, her coach, Dave Watson, I'm no longer number one on his hit list. <laughs> <laughs> Brit is one protest away from murdering somebody. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just she's in Europe for this contest, but the next time she shows up at Borrego, I just want to file a protest. Is the reason is like Brit is at the contest. She's probably thinking like if I keep my motor running and and hit somebody that I don't like with my prop, the worst that can happen is that I get protested and I and I zero flight. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, because outside rules don't matter anymore. Clearly, like the FAA can't violate you. Uh, yeah. So, like, so, murder, murder's not even a thing. Murder one is off the board. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's off the board. <laughs> yeah. Oh, zero my flight. Whoops. Just yeah. her and AJ going on yeah. a rampage. Justin's walking around with yeah. one arm. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Justin's got to fly his pits with a hook. <laughs> He's gonna be like that chick that only that flies the Euro coupe with her feet. Yeah, have to like uh, link his controls together. Dude, kudos to her because man, I cannot do that. No, I oh, can't yeah, even fly absolutely. with all of my appendages. I like that Brian says I couldn't do that. We fucking know, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for clearing that one up, buddy. <laughs> uh, fuck you guys. If I was like Rob or the Don, you'd be like, you could fly with just your eyelids. Yeah. Well, we we tried to handicap Rob for this year's four minute free. I with- still think I still want to tape his throttle hand back. <laughs> I really do. Uh, he has access to the throttle, but it's with the right hand. I was thinking about giving him like six Tylenol PMs about two hours before he was going to fly. See what happens. Like you should do that. Do that thing where like they spin him around a bunch of times and then have him hit a pinata. Just spin him around for like forty-five minutes on like a yes. merry-go-round. Then put him in the cockpit. No, that'd be bad. He'd probably come up with some stupid figure it out better than the inside tumble. <laughs> <laughs> Ends up coming up with a figure of wins worlds again. Yeah. Uh, in the free. Oh God. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Oh, guys. Also, I, I got a bone to pick with Rob because he came to Borrego in 2020. Get him. I, I and had like a, fly, and he didn't fly. I know. Right. And I even offered to let him fly the Great Lakes. I was like, here, take my airplane, fly it, do whatever, crash it. I don't care. Uh, it'll, I'll just put a plaque on he it. He was probably it's like, by Rob uh, Coco says I cannot fly Great Lakes. I only fly MX. <laughs> Coco says no. <laughs> uh no 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 no. but he was out there coaching everybody and i understood that like he's working with the team guys and and doing a bunch of coaching and all that but he left before the award ceremony and i have a lot of fun with our award ceremony and i had like four or five bits worked up that involved rob holland that i had to throw away because he wasn't there oh rob did you save them uh i should have written them down all right well send them to us we'll read them out loud Next time. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll that'll be that'll be funny. Rob, Joke remember, that's, that's the way comedy is done. Rob, remember when you got that yeah. slushy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Too funny. Yeah, if you ever want to be Rob Holland's best friend, just if you see him, just don't even say anything to him. Just go to your nearest gas station or seven eleven and get him a Coke slushy. <laughs> oh my god we were talking about that on a group chat that's right yeah he drinks those by like the five gallon home depot buckets <laughs> maybe that yeah. maybe that's like his uh what, it was like samson in the bible right maybe that's his maybe that's his super weakness if you cut him off from that for two weeks maybe he doesn't maybe he, his flying goes down maybe we'll do like a water that's boy to him we gotta do like water boy like gatorade suck water sucks gatorade's better <laughs> 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 Right before he goes to fly, be like, Coke slushies suck. Mountain Dew is better. Kyle. <laughs> Pepsi's better. Fuck you. Fuck you. God. 
Oh, man. Hey, do you think that Aaron flew extra time to try to beat Rob or was that by accident? Are you asking me? Yeah, you're the guest. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. But uh, the last Borrego only Jim flew a four minute freestyle and he flew like eight minutes and he got all these penalty scores, but he still won because he was the only competitor. It was great. That's cool. like a mini air show. Shit. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. We're That's ex- the answer. If, we're if excited. you want to fly. Yeah. If you want to fly an eight minute freestyle, you just need to be the only guy flying a freestyle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're excited for Jim to get his MX. A lot of shit's going to happen. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. He flew really well. He's going to, he's going to kill it in an MX. Maybe I can get his extra if he goes to the MX. I'm super into this whole extra thing, man. Yeah, dude. There, there's just something about him, and it's what's tr- every extra that I've. I mean, I've only flown a couple different models, but they all fly like extras, which yeah. is even trippier. That's weird. Kind of I was, that's weird because they're called extras. <laughs> that's a. It's a good point. I was trying to explain it to my buddy, and like maybe you know, there's a bunch of people that listen to the podcast that are not you know like high performance. We're like flying to Cathlons and Great Lakes and. Satabrias and you know Dorks. like a 172 in a pinch bunch of nerds, uh, nerds. I, was, I was trying to explain to my buddy like here's what this is and i said it's simultaneously like the most benign simple controlled airplane you're ever going to fly it does exactly what you tell it exactly when you tell it to do it but if you give it more than like a quarter of an inch it will hand you the world at 400 degrees per second uh and just blow your mind and I was expecting, like, you know, to fly it and be like, oh, I'm way behind the airplane. I'm not, you know, because it's, it's like a world-class aerobatic <laughs> airplane. And uh, I, that wasn't the case at all. Like, I felt right at home. Yeah. Now you know, you're speaking Masasha's language. Now you're speaking his <laughs> language. <laughs> I can, I can only extra- make so many enemies per episode of the podcast, man. I've already pissed <laughs> off the entire board of directors. Nah. <laughs> eh, whatever. Nothing's going to change. Well, hopefully things will change, but whatever it will be, will be. It'll yeah. be, it is what it is. Yeah. So is what it is. But yeah, if you're out there flying to Cathlons and, and all that stuff, and you've been doing it a while, you should definitely pony up the money, go do a, a flight in an extra, you know, something, uh, something high performance. Cause it, man, it is, it's amazing. It was so much fun. Whatever you do, do not blast. go to the Bay area to fly one. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that MP guy, avoid that guy like the plague. Uh. <laughs> Shit, man. Hey, I saw Corey. We got to wrap this up soon, but I saw Corey was in Long, on Long Island and he posted something and he didn't even call me or text me or message. I guess he's we're not friends. You should file a protest. Correct. I agree. I've already done that. <laughs> I've already done that. Well, tec- I, technically it's on the acro national- exploder, so give it about a month to get there. <laughs> <You did>? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to Morse code it. Yeah. Stand by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a carrier pigeon delivering another acro exploder email. Yeah, some idiot, <laughs> some idiot picked up the phone at ISC and the fax didn't go through. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Corey, uh, Corey didn't call you because you know he's a national competitor now, and you're kind of not. You didn't, you weren't at nationals. Yeah, I'm so just like, a low life. Didn't go to nationals. You're dead now. Didn't go to worlds. Um, not on the board. Not on the board. <laughs> this is oh. real. What are you you even doing? What am I even doing with my life? life? (laughs) I'm going to go to work tomorrow because I have to to be a barista. We had, um, I don't want to talk about it, but um, I'll tell you off air. But basically, um, I got to be a barista tomorrow. And 
I'm just going <laughs> to, this joke is going nowhere. Just making lattes. <laughs> Uh, this is like my five Rob Holland jokes. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be depressed tomorrow making lattes because of my flying career. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you own an extra. So, you know, you got that going for you. Yeah. There is that. Yeah, I guess so. It's not a midwing. It's not an NG, but I guess it's cool. Yeah. Well, we'll see what my massage has to say about it. I almost want to sell it and get a, get a game bird or an MX just to piss him off. <laughs> oh, he'd be so mad. Right. Uh, that's commitment. I like it. <laughs> so mad. Bullshit. Yeah, he's a little butthurt about that stuff. <laughs> I love it. Cool, man. But yeah, I'm good. I mean, I don't know what else you got to talk about there, Marky boy. Brian, can you um, you know, shoot us some links? Where where can people register for the contest first of all, and then where can they uh, uh follow Chapter Thirty Six? Follow oh, you. Yeah. Uh, any more info um, on anything? Are you guys, so, are you guys active on Facebook? Oh yeah, we have a we have a chapter, you know, Facebook group. It's public. It's open to everybody. I was just about so, to ask that. Like, why would you make yeah, it private? We don't. Yeah, yeah we don't. Uh, we don't put the memes on that one. Uh, you know, it's just nice photos and smiling uh, people. Mark and uh, I will be there just... in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> BRB got to ruin a uh, Facebook page. To, uh, to register for the contest, you go to iac36.org. It's right there. It says, it says register. You just click that link. It's all online, and your your stuff will just be pre-printed when you show up. Uh, you just sign in real fast and get out and practice. It, we got this smooth, smooth system worked out. Uh, so you do that, and then uh, if you want to meet us on Facebook, we're at that group, but you could also just go to the Aerobatics uh, Pilots group. Um, also, if you're registering and your name is Alex Huey, the bottom two categories are off limits to you. Correct. Yes. Yes. Did you guys hear what he did at the last contest? No. So we had we had four Alexes show up to fly in various categories. And Alex Huey, uh, on his free, just writes Alex as his name. So at 2 a.m., <laughs> we're putting together these clipboards. And like 46, there's four different people in the hotel room. And we have to write Huey like 56 times on all of these sheets of paper. So I sent him to the corner for the day. That's the way to do it. Perfect. That's perfect. I sent them to the corner wearing like a black garbage bag and no hat. <laughs> a sweater, a Patagonia down jacket. Yeah. No, he, he uh and he baby took oil. He was we had we had a good time with it, but he was a good sport. So a great guy. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Is he is he gonna register or what? I'll never do that again. I, I hope so. I talked to him and he said uh he's in, you know, he's something going on that he's gotta clear up, but he said uh he hopes to be there. Yeah. Also the the fun backstory is that free that he had uh, just his first name on. I'm the asshole judge that signed it off. So like when he sent it to me a week before, I didn't notice that it just said Alex on it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so you you approved it and then punished yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. That's I, awesome. I saw it when he sent it to me and like a plan formed in my head and I was like, oh, I got this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, I love it. I love it. All right, no, we have a, we have a lot of fun out there uh, in Borrego. You get everyone should come check it out. If you're anywhere near close to California, just come. It'll be a good time. Even if you don't fly in the contest, just come hang out. We'd love to have yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. The format looks amazing. It, it absolutely looks like a, how a contest should go. Mark said he's going to be there. Hopefully. Otherwise, he's going to make out with Jorge. I heard that. I I, I believe he gave a guarantee. Yep. You, you got the the Jorge guarantee. I think he <laughs> owes you a game check bird out. if he doesn't show up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, Mr. Jones, 
I just picture Mark meeting him at the airport. <laughs> like he's walking through like the terminal, like we were talking about earlier, like hoping somebody spots him, like to give an autograph, right? And out of all people, it's fucking Jorge, and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> "This is not what I wanted." <laughs> I still have his pending friend request in my on my Facebook, and I haven't decided whether I'm going to decline it or accept it yet. I believe him in limbo. It's, I, I'm still he's he's still on in limbo. After all these, I think he sent that like over a year ago. <laughs> and five nasty emails later, he's still waiting. <laughs> five, five exploder, beautiful emails later. Did he, did he sell the extra? No, that guy. Yeah. No, it's, it's the price. <laughs> the price has been slashed, slashed to two ninety five. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Rumor has it he took one siding device off and no canopy cover and 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 is closing out close out sale two ninety five. <laughs> it's Christmas in July. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm probably gonna go buy that. Yeah, it probably won't be available by now. I'm not robbing you. You're robbing me. Two ninety five. <laughs> Custom Canadian denim interior. <laughs> yes. Uh. You'll be sure to I get burns it. on your ass while you fly this airplane. <laughs> Can you imagine denim and then like the buttons? Like it's got to have metal buttons too, all over the place, oh, like yeah. ant pockets. Totally. So you just burn yourself in the in the heat. And like you get Stingy. some like real Canadian that goes and looks at it, and, and like it's like, oh, I don't like this denim. Do you have any like whitewashed denim? <laughs> it's the wrong it should, color denim. Yeah. It should have like a it should have like a custom radio that when you when you release the transmit button, it just adds a to every the end of every transmission. <laughs> That plane, the Canadian plane, goes to a contest, and the guy's just in the uh, on the ramp, just beating the seat up to work in the denim, denim so it's more comfortable. <laughs> just going to so- town, soften the seat. Yeah, so I just working my ass in there. I'm a boot to fly. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Uh, All right, damn it, I let's put in this thing. <laughs> Um, Brian, thanks for, uh, for coming on the podcast, dude. Yeah, man. This was a ton of fun. Uh, I love talking to you guys. Thanks, man. It was a blast. It was also, blast. also, let me, let me say this. Like I, I said earlier that Jim Burke, you know, taking the IAC in a new direction. I really like what he's doing. Um, I think we should put more leaders like him in place, but I also really like what you guys are doing. Um, you know, this is, oh, this is something new thanks, man. for aerobatics. And when I got, even when I got into it like five years ago, this didn't exist. Like the community online didn't exist. Um, and I love what's happening and I think it's great and, uh, we should keep building on it. So it's nice to uh, see what's going on on the other side of the uh, country. Cause like me growing up and, and I was always fascinated with the West coast stuff, but I never really knew what was going on. And it's nice to, nice to hear people talk, you know? Yeah. And you know, absent this podcast, I never would have known who you are. I mean, you're not on the board. How would I know who Jeff is? You're never going to know. I'm uh, never gonna, at this point, there's no way. They have my picture in every post office near Oshkosh, Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm never getting on the board. That's the thing. <laughs> Jeff has no accomplishments in, in, in aerobatics. So like without yeah. being on the board, like there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing tough, there. Tough life. Yeah, He's just a podcast co-host. Yeah. I'm no, going to run I think for you guys are like, That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, application accepted. Yeah. Uh, 
I know. I think you guys are the the mirror image of what Jim is doing, right? Like Jim's running the official stuff on the board, and and you guys are um, uh, the same. It's it's all in the same vein, right? It, it it all expands the footprint of the IEC. It gets us out there. It, it makes us human. Um, Accountability. You know, it, it introduces people. Uh, it's great. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we we love doing it, and you know, hopefully, it uh, you know for as much fun as we have and we do joke a lot and, and do try to keep it light and fun and, 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 you know, I not very, a little uh, bit of information that gets, gets passed down. Well, and that's, it is when it, when times are serious, I think we're serious. And when it's time to fart around, we, we fart around, you know, um, yeah. uh, hopefully people learn something, especially, you know, with, with this class four, um, director situation, like I, I, it's been like education day, uh, from the stuff you've been sharing, um, and, and I've learned a lot since nationals kind of wrapped up and I think a lot of people have. And so if we can continue that trend, we'll all get a little bit smarter and have a little more fun in the process. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm all for it. If you don't like the way nationals played out, you know, let, let's change it. Let's put some different decision makers and, and, uh, different people in play and, uh, keep, keep driving forward. That's kind of my philosophy. Right on. Couldn't have said it any better. All right, guys, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. Metro. Love you. Mm. Mwah. Mm. Uh, All right. LiftAviationUSA.com. <laughs> Promo code Fly Cool Shit. Go buy some stuff. And uh, on that note, we're out of here. Thanks, Brian. See you in Borrego. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 